What's up to all our sidekicks and hedge folk out there in the geek nation? You're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, aka spoiler alert, episode 764, wherein we will review the past week's comics. But first, we're, we're going to talk about one of my all-time favorite superhero movies, and there's a reason for it, which we will get to. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex at 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA, a super rad shop which caters to nerdy and nerd-adjacent individuals of all shapes and sizes, except f- fucking jerks. Jerks, get out of get here. Joining me tonight are Brian Lieb. And Noel Bartocci. Sup, fellas? Hey, hey. How are you? Not much. Hi. There you are. I was doing the, the universal up nod for the viewers. That's just yeah. always sup. Here's yeah. an important thing to know. Uh, a little peek behind the sausage, as they say. I sausage don't curtain. have... I don't peek behind the sausage curtain. I don't have uh, StreamYard up in front of me because I'm reading the notes uh, i'm reading uh, the uh, script so i can see all i'm just going by the audio i didn't even uh, know that. i hadn't peeked behind that sausage yeah. even one of the frequent guests of the show that was a part like, of the underside of the sausage that i hadn't seen before like we're stretching that metaphor and i i'm with it i'm cool. in that's good speaking of the script <laughs> this is the part where noel writes whatever he wants in the script and i read it he says luke warm take 1992's Batman Returns is an amazing superhero slash genre movie that features a holiday aesthetic, not, <laughs> not a holiday movie that features Batman and Catwoman. Don't even get me started on Die Hard. Shots fired. That's a perfect segue to our first topic tonight, for which we will have a special guest. Please put, put, your, put your flippers together. Welcome to the show. Marketing director for the historic Colonial Theater, the place where they filmed the original Blob back in the 50s. 50s? 50s. 50s. Uh, his name's Bob Trait. Bob, welcome to the show. You're here to talk about Batman Returns with us. How are you I, doing? I'm doing great. Indeed. Oh, oh, wow. Look at that. That's awesome. I am uh, I'm thrilled to be here, guys. It's nice to be on your show, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking a little Batman Returns because I think we're pretty much all close to the same age. So it should be an interesting, uh, you know, where were you that summer and what did you do? And why are we still talking about this movie all these years later? And this great Christmas movie that we're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we're all about the same age. The age in question is that of dust. (laughs) Just crumbling dust. The sound of that age is. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We got some, oh, by the way, we do have people down in the chat. You can comment below, like, comment, subscribe, all the normal hoo-ha that people tell you to do on the YouTubes. Uh, But yeah, most important, 
comment below and be part of the conversation. Uh, Robert Monroe says, good morning, Cold Poppers. Did you get your Spider-Man tickets yet? Yes. Ooh, yes I did not. I haven't gotten them yet. Ooh. It's not too late, Ryan. Well, I would see it Saturday, but I have other plans, so I don't know exactly when I will figure see it out. It. Question. I'll, well, I'll figure it out. <laughs> if, if all three actors who played Spider-Man are not in the movie, does that yeah. make it or break it? Uh, okay. Neither. Uh, yeah, just make it fun. What if they're in it just as like passersby yeah. or other kind of like a yeah. pizza owner, I, pizza shop? I want, not just a pizza I want owner. Them to, <laughs> I want them to show up in a. I want it to be a mega troll. I want them to show up in a post-credit sequence that has no connection to anything else. Just the pointing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, oh my god. Just like, yeah. After the aftermath, and then it's just like uh, there's one little portal, and like two of them mm -hmm. pop out, and they're just like, wait, what? What? I'm gonna go home. That's it. And then it ends, and I'll be like, oh, well done. I don't know. I think there's a lot of hype built up to them because, you know, you don't really see McGuire out there right now denying it, but Garfield has been denying it. So you're just, but then he kind of gives you like this little bit of a wink, like a half wink that maybe mm -hmm. he's in yeah. it. So I'm the interested to see fan reaction. I mean, after Friday night, we're all going to know one way or the other. If we see it or not, mm -hmm. we're all going to know. That poor son of a bitch has had to, as in Andrew Garfield, has had to promote like three movies in the last six months. And the only questions he gets are about Spider-Man, mm -hmm. a movie yeah. he's potentially not even in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye and something else. He's had to like go through the circuit and just constantly be asked questions about Spider-Man. Speaking of Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, for anyone who doesn't know here at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Well, actually not here. All, all throughout the world, because it's on Zoom, we do a movie club and a book club every Tuesday night. So uh, tomorrow night is movie club, and we are going to be talking about Tick, Tick, Boom, starring the aforementioned uh, Andrew Garfield. It'll be tomorrow night at 8 o'clock on Zoom. Uh, if you have Facebook, go to look for the group Johnny Destructo or JD's Hero Complex Book Club. Um, oh, it's, it's you can see it. There it is. Thanks, Noel. Uh, anyway, Spider-Man is, is a... Is a a date for another time. <laughs> uh, Next week, probably. Yeah. yeah. This 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 night, we're talking about Batman Returns. I so I have often told the story. I guess it's not a story. I have said the words. I have two eras of my childhood. I have before Batman and after Batman '89. So before Batman 89, after Batman 89, that is how I categorized my childhood memories. I would go, I would go, oh, okay, that happened after Batman 89. Because it was such a milestone for me, that film, uh, just stylistically, the, uh, the, the acting, um, the soundtrack, the pop hoopla surrounding it like it was all in the zeitgeist people were getting it shaved into their haircuts um i had some of the toys i had the 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 batarang and the what's that thing the the gatling hook the gat, yeah. The, yeah the gatling not gatling gun <laughs> crap no batman didn't use a gatling gun very often not until not until bvs <laughs> Uh, yeah. not, <laughs> not until he actually down. that's that's yeah. a lie he did have a gatling gun the front of the batmobile would fold that's down true. and he had two gatling to yeah. use to no they weren't gatling entrances they, they were into like, garages they were like two thompson calibers yeah they were they weren't they weren't they were so they were, they were right here and they like popped up like this part right there what yeah. about on the one of the on one of the Batwing planes, 
Wasn't there a... There, there were Gatling guns. Okay, they yeah, were on the back. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And of course, what every what every plane needs giant scissors, just in case you need to collect some balloons. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, one of my still still stay. It's it's favorite Batman movie. Um, I, I got its issues. It's got its problems, but it is such nostalgia for me. And it, I just I have a grin on my face ear to ear, uh, not unlike the Joker every single time I watch it. And I gotta say. When it first came out, Batman Returns was below Batman for me as far as experience was. I was something about it just I thought it was good, but it wasn't as good as Batman. But watching it again recently, this past week, I was like, oh my God, I might like this as much as, if not slightly more than Batman. All I think it's acting that does it. Um, there are some unintentionally hilarious bits in Batman because of the acting. There ain't no bat. Johnny Gobbs got ripped and took a walk off a roof. All right, no big deal. You know that. Relax. That whole sequence. <laughs> What's that? Relax. Relax. What are you deaf? One dollar. Anyway, um, there is there are no <laughs> scenes like that in this film. I don't think there's any weak links in Batman Returns. I think uh, it is just a rip roaring ride the entire time. Um, Highly recommend this movie. It was a joy to revisit. I will continue revisiting it until I die. What did you think of it? Bat, uh, Bat Bob. Bob Bat. Um, I, I had the, that summer, I was hanging out with uh, two guys. We were, we were just super, super excited about the movie to the point where we went and made our own third movie afterwards. So we were so excited. We did the Riddler and Two-Face just by coincidence and we shot it all. I so I was two faced. I sewed the costume like two different outfits together. I had a crazy pair of shorts that stripes went different ways. And I even like half my face was green. My one leg was green. My one arm was green. We shot the whole thing. Like we were so uh, like into the whole like process of these of these characters coming to life. It was just it was so much hype. Not, not in the same hype as 89. 89 was totally different. Like, everything that led up to that. Like, you had to be on another planet to not know that Batman was coming. Um, but in 92, it was such a different feel. It was like everything was established and, like, the character could go on um, and tell a whole new story. It was it, – it sat – I agree with you. It sat with me differently this, the, um, the first time I saw it. I didn't think it was as good as the original Batman and then over the years, like the artistry that that Burton really sunk into the second film, um, the, it's more of a gothic horror story set at Christmas, you know, and it's it's weird that uh, Tim Burton is not someone you associate with Christmas, but yet he has several Christmas movies mm -hmm. under his belt, which is it's, now it's just we accept it. We accept mm -hmm. that Tim Burton and Christmas go hand in hand now. So that's him and Shane Black. Yeah, yeah, again, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is it's, it's just like, wow, what a great Christmas movie. Iron Man 3, you know, it's really good stuff. But it's I've never gotten over my love of Batman Returns. Like, it's just every year I have to watch it at Christmas. Um, it's I'm not going to watch it in the middle of the summer, even though that's when I saw it. And it was like 100 degrees outside. It was ice cold inside. You go out and you were just like, I can sit through that again. I think it's the fastest movie at the time I ever saw. I went and saw like the next day. 
I had never, I was at that age where I could go do that. Like I didn't have to have my parents take me. It was literally just go to the mall again and watch the movie again. It, it was the first time I think that happened for me. So I just, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. And I still do to this day, to the fact that I still have my original teaser one sheet um, behind That's me. That's it. Exactly says returns with the date on it, June 19th. And I would, this is the teaser poster that they had to pull down because nobody understood that this was the bat ears. So that's why the poster later is the logo with the snow, which I absolutely love, but I've never gone and bought that poster because this was it for me. This, this told everybody who knew that Batman was coming and that's all you needed to know. And it really doubled down on the poster from the previous film, the first Batman, which was, it was that really gorgeous golden inlay, three-dimensional, even though it was airbrushed, yeah. uh, illustration of the Batman logo, which was cut off. You only, you never saw the, the ends of it. It was always just like the middle of it. And mm -hmm. this was just taking it to the next level and zooming in even further. And it was a, a, a bridge too far. And they were just kind of like, what, what, what is that? Who returns? What's going on? Yeah. And I love that original poster that oh. the June 23rd and nothing else. Like, yep. it didn't, like nothing. I think I was in, I was in ninth grade going to 10th grade when that happened. And there was nothing else that mattered that summer. Mm -hmm. And even then that's still the summer of, uh, there was a lethal weapon. There was Indiana Jones and the last crusade. I mean, the summer of 89 oh. is amazing, but mm -hmm. yet, in hindsight, it's always the summer of Batman to me. Yeah. Like, yeah even though same. I love Last Crusade, it's my favorite indie movie. Mm -hmm. It's still, it's the summer of Batman. That's all that matters. Yep. No. Oh, um, <clears throat> uh, so I was eight when Batman 89 came out and I saw it in the theater with my dad. That movie just kind of happened to me. You know, <laughs> when you're, when you're seven, eight, nine, you, I mean, just, you know, life happens at you and you just kind yeah. of like adopt it or not. I was 11 by the time this movie came out and I absorbed and sought out every piece of information about this movie, everything. I remember being upset, like physically and emotionally upset that my dad went and saw it first, like without me. I was so returns? fucking pissed. Returns, yeah. I'm staying on this top. I'm staying on this movie. I want to talk about this one because honestly, I do think this is a superior movie. It was my favorite of the two when it came out. Um, I remember the giant. I had all the toy, uh, every toy that I can get a hold of. We were not a rich people, but uh, it had it just aesthetically was so different, but not. And I just loved every second of it. Um I remember the uproar about the violence in the movie. And I remember as an eight, 11 year old, just being like, no, but you don't understand what they were doing. Like, it's, it's fine. That's, 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 that's fine. Like uh, I had the cereal. I remember the, the actual cereal. Batman Returns cereal. Yes. The back having a uh, mail out to win every single Batman Returns toy. All, and like the back picture was the kid playing with all of it. <laughs> this stupid fucking white kid playing with all of it in front of him. The bat cave, the bat ski boat, the bat. This movie has my two favorite bat vehicles in the entirety of film canon. It's the bat missile, which I think is the dopest fucking thing in the world. And the bat ski boat, which I don't know why it's stupid, but I love it. <laughs> absolutely love this that thing is fantastic 
I I literally cheered when it took the wall in the sewer and did a whole corkscrew. Yeah. I, like I recreated. I actually got my my dad to buy the twenty five dollar Batsky boat that you finished an action figure, and I literally recreated that scene over and over again all summer long. And this was a movie that my parents just dropped me off at the theater. Like I begged them to go again, and I just went and saw it over and over again. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite Batman movie. Period. Mm-hmm. I still don't think it's a Christmas movie, but I do think that it is an essential holiday watch. So like mm-hmm. I don't connect the two. A Christmas movie is explicitly about Christmas, but there are things that I absolutely want to absorb during the holiday season. And this is one of them. Like this is a, this is my favorite. I love this movie so much. Now, why was I under the impression that you didn't like Batman? Nineteen eighty nine. I I don't think it ages as well without like if you if you take away nostalgia and experience and then just yeah. also it was like the first thing in a long time that paved that path like yeah. the only other thing you can compare it to is batman or superman 77 right yeah. or 79 78, 78 sorry yeah it's the only thing you could really compare it to and that was 11 years prior mm-hmm. um i think it's just the first of its kind but in hindsight it's not as strong narratively or or aesthetically or okay. just it's still amazing yeah. but i don't think it's the best i think it's the first if that makes sense. Cool. Okay, sure. Yeah. That's got to be worth something though too, right? Like it came out at the time that it came out and it mm-hmm. did something in the world that it was in. Um, and I think that's not necessarily the thing that can be judged by a later lens. Um, just yeah. Breaking new ground is itself an accomplishment, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. And yeah. it, that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a very important distinction or, or nuance when you talk about favorites, like there's personal favorites, but and then there's also like objective, I don't know. Actually, for what's objectively good. There's personal favorites, have, but then there's also like time and place favorites, nostalgia favorites, how old you were. Yeah. What, like JD's experience is different than mine. Like I was all about it that summer, 89, but I also was just, you know, I was all about the toys more so than the mm-hmm. film. Whereas this one, I was like, the film blew me away. Nice. Okay. Brian, take it away. Um, Oh, well, so I think also, uh, as far as is it a Christmas movie goes, we can compare it. We have other examples of Batman and superhero Christmas stories that they do on, you know, the Justice League Unlimited (laughs) Christmas episodes and whatever. So, you know, and as an analytical tool, we can say, does this serve Christmas the same way that these other things do? Um, I don't remember it well enough to say one way or the other. I don't think I had as big of a personal experience related to these movies as you guys did. Um, you know, I like them. They're cool. They were some of all that we had at the time, you know, and so that was pretty cool. Um, I guess I always was more into the animated series than the movies. Um, I don't remember seeing them for the first time. I might have been in the movie. Oh, no. I do have a vague memory of seeing one or the other of them the first time at some theater that we never went to. You know, mm-hmm. you know how there's those few movies that you've seen in your past that you're like, I don't know why we were there, but we was in this weird town and we saw this movie. Um, so yeah, I mean it was cool. I was always, you know, Batman was always cool, but he was never my one of my top guys as a kid mm-hmm. because he doesn't have any powers, right? And that's the end of it. 
So, but... <laughs> he's, rich. he's rich. That's his superpower. He's yeah, rich. he has he a is. he has a credit account that's unlimited. That's that his is superpower. cool. That is cool. Now, pretty early on in my childhood, still, he joined Superman, Green Lantern, and the Flash as like the top four. But um, yeah, I guess I like I saw it on TV a bunch of times back then. I remember various cool things about it, like. Uh, Catwoman, that scene of her like rebirth is very cool. Oh, yeah. um, but I can't say like I haven't seen it in like twenty years or so. Um, yeah, so I don't have a lot of strong memories about it, other than being like Batman was cool. I, I, but first of all, I can't wait for you to watch it this upcoming Saturday night with yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. So you can like see it under a, a new lens or or a, a more refined palette twenty years later. I'm sorry. Um, how's Brian going to see it again this Saturday, Bob? Will you? He's going to see it on 35 millimeter at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, PA, home of the Blob. Oh, yeah. The Blob is still there, living there. There's yeah, yeah. What happened after the movie to him? We have him. He's been bronzed, and he's uh, up oh. in the balcony. He's up on the wall. So yeah, we do have a, a little, and we have a old vintage giant blob poster in our lobby as well. So we do have some uh, right? blob things there. Some yeah. years since I was yeah, I in the lobby of the Colonial. I don't remember yeah. if I said it's, it, but it's yeah, it's this Saturday night, nine forty-five p.m. at the Colonial Theater, Theatre, at uh, ColonialTheatre.com. Theatre. Um, I feel like I have to defend my holiday stance. Uh, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, Batman Returns is much more of a holiday movie because it does actually deal with the mythology of the holiday a little bit more so thematically than than Iron Man does, than Die Hard does, than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang does. Like those movies are absolutely more holiday aesthetic. This does have to do with the holiday, including consumerism with the Max Shrek character and ha like there's a lot of holiday stuff in here. So like, I feel like this is not the movie to die on that Hill. It it's much closer to a holiday movie than a lot of other examples. Agreed. Die Hard just takes place on Christmas Eve. That's the only reason why it's considered yeah. a Christmas movie. There's nothing really besides Michael Kamen's score, which has so much Christmas music in it. It's ridiculous. But it just takes at all. place. Although, isn't taking place on Christmas really the requirement? Like, is that not part of the mythology? Like, the no. celebration of it is the mythology of Christmas. You right. know what it's, I mean? Like, it is. A, it is anything that happens party. on Christmas is a is, Christmas event. It's an action movie that happens happens to take place during the Christmas time. It's not yeah. a Christmas movie with action in it because the movie is not narratively driven by Christmas at all. It's is just, that a necessity? I believe so. All right. That is and, my definition of it. Yeah. Right. Most people don't consider the first lethal weapon a Christmas movie, but it takes place at Christmas. It takes place during Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Robin Monroe Jr. is in the comments saying, being cool is Batman's superpower. He's cool. <laughs> and Hal says, Friday after next is a Christmas movie. L LOL. That's true. I mean, it does. Yeah, that. I mean, the, even the logo is Christmassy. Like, yeah, Friday After Next is actually a Christmas movie. I'm not sure I've ever seen it. I did. I remember loving the original Friday, but I don't know if I've ever saw Friday After Next. Isn't that when Mike Epps took over for Chris Tucker and it just wasn't the same? 
Yeah. Well. <laughs> Show off some of your toys, Bob. I want to see some of these Batman Returns toys. Oh, you can bring it on. No, I just brought some weird stuff out. Like I wanted to do it like a how-to. This is actually, if I can get him out of here, this is actually a Batman Returns figure. It's one of those Galoob ones. Do you guys remember those? No. It's like he's all like plasticky and like thin. Yeah. And this was a hmm. Galoob, and he's got the the chest plate. It's not like the '89. It's more the armor. So this, oh, was, yeah. this was my wife's, and we couldn't find anything for a cape. This was on her. This was on her birthday cape when she was a kid. Oh, and cool! So we decided we got this wine bottle, uh, little cozy. <laughs> so we, I said, "There's no way this is going to fit." So I'm not going to put it back on. I'll take forever. But we did this whole little thing with him, and then until my son was born, we actually, you know, just said we have Batman on the shelf instead of Elf on the shelf. Cute. And we did this. Now we have Krampus on the mantle. So now we actually have something yeah. where we have a little Krampus. But uh-huh. hey, if you got stuff floating around, this is the way to, you know, yeah. utilize your I don't have a cape, but I have a Batman. I mean I have a Santa Claus cozy. Let's yeah. do that. And it works perfectly. So I you know I would be I would be more inclined to fear and respect Batman over an elf. Yes. Just as a child. Just in just in general. Yeah. Well, That's an excellent idea. The, the the Krampus the Krampus we have based on Michael Doherty's Krampus it was released through like Fye or something it's like official little doll and it just sits there and it looks really like scary yeah uh, man that Krampus uh, design is a nightmare is yeah cool I love I love I, the film I actually uh, can to completely sidetrack I actually watched mm-hmm. it for the first time since it came out on Saturday and I liked it a lot. I yeah. didn't like it when I first saw it. We we bought the the 4K naughty cut. I guess it oh. just has some f bombs in it. Oh, it's, not, it's really no different. But my least favorite part of the entire movie is the animatronic for Krampus. Oh, like, I, I love the design, but they way too many close ups on the face that doesn't move. Yeah. It was like, stop it. Just put it in shadows. Because when he's jumping on the roofs and when he's just like, you kind of it's, glimpse it. It's beautiful. It's so Even just shadows. eyes, it's beautiful. But yeah, never give like the whole thing. Well, I mean, hold on. He's wearing a mask. Is he? Is he? Krampus, you can see Krampus has a mask on top of his face. You can see that there is a Krampus under that. He is wearing a Santa Claus um, mask on top of his face. Oh. Oh, that was never the impression I got after watching it like twice now, including like. Go, go take, go, go look at him. Go pause it. He's, he's, there's a. Something underneath that. Uh, you guys keep saying Krampus. I've always heard Krampus. Is that, I thought it was Krampus too, but say, I wasn't going to correct anybody. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Krampus. We've been saying Krampus for the last like three weeks here at the house. I'm sorry. That's what it, I always thought it was. Krampus or Krampus? I've always know. heard Krampus. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Did they say it differently in the movie? or Not that that means it's right. The, the yeah. German or the Ukrainian grandmother says Krampus. Yeah. Right. That's it's probably just why I said it. I'm Ukrainian. Show us Batman. I I scored this via eBay uh, relatively recently by the official comic adaptation of the Warner Brothers motion picture, Batman Returns, by Denny O'Neill, Steve Irwin, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, with Tim McCraw. Relatively mint condition. That's beautiful. Just one issue? It is. Well, it's a a prestige issue. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... 
that was more of a graphic novel with a nice cover and the binding, unlike the paper ones. Because I have both for the 89 Batman. Yeah. Uh, the Batman. There she is. So that was like, what, $2 more or $3 more yeah. if you bought it Probably at a like shop? Probably like a 4 dollars there. 5 dollars How much was it on eBay? $1.25. Oh, actually, it was only nine ninety nine. Yeah. I might go on eBay and try and get one of those because I, I I have the um the original Batman adaptation which I loved which was um gosh who drew that Jerry Ordway I believe oh yeah nice yeah that was back when movie adaptation oh. looked good do you guys remember those prestige format books I missed those those were cool yeah there that? it is now I did an article for a website a couple years ago and I was like citing things that were different from the book and the movie and stuff. And actually in the comic, you actually get the $1 million that the Joker's dumping on the city. And it's actually the Joker's face on Joker the Joker bucks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's not in the movie. And it's hmm. it's like, it was a bit of a two second thing to have somebody actually look down and see Jack Nicholson's face on the dollar, on the dollar or the 50 or the hundred or whatever. And I was like, how did they not do that? Like, that would have been so good. And it's the joke on top of the joke. Yeah. Plus, they could have sold those. Exactly. Imagine the merchandising. Um, I actually now we have a uh, we have Bob here who is uh, let's just let's just call him a Batman '89 aficionado and/or expert. So like maybe Ooh. when we talked about uh for the 30th anniversary, it was 35th anniversary when we did the podcast with Len. Yeah. I want, yeah, one of them. Uh, we 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 did a commentary for the whole movie, and I was under the impression that something existed in this movie that they, both Len and JD, weren't sure about and or disagreed completely. Okay. The character of Bob. Yeah. My Bob favorite character in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, was he? I can't make the a street tough <laughs> with Jack Napier when he killed the Waynes. No, he's not. It's not the same guy. Told you. Not to Told you. Why didn't you look it up since then? Yeah, that would have been easy. I don't care enough. <laughs> I went my I went 39 years because uh-huh. I've known about this before the movie came out when I was born. I've gone 39 years <laughs> thinking that Bob was his number one guy. His whole from life. jump. Yeah. And now and and that would that made his choice to just shoot him. Yeah. That much more callous and crazy. Uh, yeah. So to me, that was such better a headcanon mm. of like my OG friend from forever ago, and just like fuck you, Bob. Like, yeah, you didn't I, tell me. You didn't tell me he had one of those things, and now you're dead. I'll yeah. do. I'll do one bat question for you, and I do have an article. It's eleven questions from Batman '89 that need answering. Oh. Oh. Like, that absolutely need answering. But I, I will do just. I'll just do just one to save for time. How how can um. Uh, what what's the name of the reporter in '89? Now I'm blanking on his name. Vicky Vale? No, first she's not a reporter. Oh, uh, Knox. Vesper of Knox. Is it Vesper of Fairchild? How how can Knox not? How can he be a beat reporter in Gotham City and not know that the most the richest guy in town's parents were murdered in front of him? And it's not even like in a file. It's just like nobody knew. That yeah. Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered, and on that street where it happened, everything—that would be the stuff of like town legend. Yeah, and they're like, "Who is this guy? We don't know." And it's just like, seriously, how do you not? Yeah, know that. Okay, go Question. ahead. Question: Did he did he not know that, or did he just not know what Bruce Wayne looked like? No, he did not know 
like he he eventually found oh, he did no research. Right, oh, that's but right. The, think the, the, just the microfiche. Right, right, just think being a reporter, he would have been like, yeah, he's the rich, you know, wacko millionaire who gives all these charitable causes because his parents were killed on the street. You know, You're right. that would have been enough. Also, it, would, it would be common knowledge. Yeah. I have a question about that. How are the Waynes as prominent in Batman 89 as they are in the comics in general Batman mythos, right? Like, are they just very wealthy people who live in Gotham is it anywhere in the movie that they are like the first family of God? That's a great you know point, I mean? Brian. You know, in Batman Begins, they're in tower. There's all of this right. stuff that the winds yeah. have done in order to bolster up Gotham City. And mm -hmm. you don't really get any of that from Batman. Um, there, there's nothing in that movie that says that they are the philanthropists and they, the, right. that they are beloved in the city and they're, yeah. they're very big names. It could, it could be that they were just some rich folks who lived outside of town even. Yeah. When did that even come into that? Now that I'm thinking about it, was that even a part of Batman mythology in the 80s and 90s? I don't like, really think so. I yeah. Think, I think uh, uh, Nolan's film really just kind of established that they were the philanthropists, the big, you know, we're giving back to the city and, you know, it, yeah. it makes their death more tragic. Yeah, like um, Thomas Wayne was a, a very well yeah. known and highly respected. There's guy. some, there's some comic runs. Well, that came out after the Nolan films, right. but there were some comic runs during No Man's Land that actually do establish like yeah. the Waynes were doctors, the Canes were were um, yeah. socialites, and they're related to the Arkhams, like actually yeah. doing the whole like groundwork. But them being like paragons of Gotham, no, I, that's yeah. not really something that happened beforehand. So hmm. that makes sense actually to answer that question. That there just weren't. There's some rich people who died forty years, thirty yeah. years ago. Yeah, but still, like he's a rich guy who gives back to all these. And there's yeah. why? Why did he do that? So the, the eleven questions are good. You can just Google eleven questions from Batman '89 that need answers. Ruin it for us. It, the movie's lot, perfect. Ah. My wife hates those questions. <laughs> she hates. She loves '89 Batman, and she hates those questions. She's like, so Tom, why do you have to ruin things? Why do you have to ruin things we love? Well, if you see a movie like a hundred times, you start asking sure. questions like, "Why did that? That really kind of sucks. Why is that that way?" Oh my God! One of the one of oh, the looking it up. One of them is. How, was Vicky Vale that loose or is Bruce Wayne that smooth? What? She meets him. He sleeps with her the next day. And then he, it's just like, really? What What are you doing, Vicky? Like, are we slut shaming Vicky Vale? No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, is, is Bruce Wayne really that smooth of a guy? Like, I didn't really get that they were in love or anything like that. Yeah. In like a split second. They, I was like, they were. I mean, that's to me, that's that's like 80s movie logic, though. They fell in yeah. love within the course of four days. Yeah. Uh, if, like, if like, like, uh, uh, I just met you and you might ruin everything. But welcome to the Batcave. Yeah. Like Alfred just let her in because there was something like that's that's just like 80s movie logic. I uh, love that. I yeah. love that Alfred car. No, I love that Bruce calls that out in Batman Returns. Yeah. 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 He's, he's like, he, I think Alfred mentioned something about security and Bruce is like security. Aren't you the one who let Vicky Val into the cave? Uh, <laughs> just like, hey, come on in, Vic. <laughs> but uh, I guess we should talk more about Batman Returns. Um, what? So there's some little tidbits for anyone who doesn't know, uh, because maybe be, you're not 40 goddamn years old. Um, 
Oswald Cobblepot's father is played by Pee Wee Herman. Oh, really? He is. And I don't know her name, but um, Simone from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, she plays his mom. Oh, really? Yes. Nice. So, yeah, she was also in Carnival. She was the... um, she was the like the psychic who was mm-hmm. who was just kind of comatose the whole time. Was I think it was like Claire Duvall's mom or something. But yeah, that's that's the penguin's mom. Now it's I'm like now creepy. I'm hella nostalgic for the opening title sequence now too because that was one of my favorites. As soon as they drop the kid and the music stings, yeah. and then you just follow the cradle a la Moses. Yep, through uh, the through sewers, the sewers of Gotham, yeah. and the way that Batman returns just. Rolls oh out. yeah, and then the bats through it. This is this is my favorite Batman movie. I'm yeah. sorry, like this is it. Yeah, I'm very excited for Saturday night. I'm glad my wife secured tickets for us via me. Oh uh, yeah, whatever. I'm giving her all the. Credit, oh, speaking of yeah. Batman and and music. <laughs> oh. And for anyone not watching and listening on the podcast, um, I'm wearing a Prince T-shirt who did the soundtrack for Batman 1989. Did he? Yeah. Who, who did the song for Batman Returns? Sushi and the Seal? Oh, somebody said it. Somebody Is it said Seal? Seal? Kiss from a Rose? No. no. no uh, that? That's Batman Forever. Uh, yeah. Sushi and the Banshees does the, the song in during the banquet. It's like so good. Really? Oh, I, I like Sushi. 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 Su- <laughs> Susie. She did one, she, she does one of my right. favorite Halloween it's, songs. It's a soft X, right? X-S-E yeah. is the end of the... Yeah, yeah. something like yeah. that. Um, who else has something about Batman Returns? Keep keep it going. I've got one since this is um, Noel's favorite movie. Does it bother you when he pulls the mask off <laughs> and you see the eyes and they're not painted black? Because up to that it, moment, it didn't before. It didn't before, but it it has recently. Uh, especially, yeah. I I never really dug the grease paint. Mm-hmm. In general, like I, I think I've always just been kind of like continuity blind to that being a part of the mask. Right. Um, but I know that it kind of has to exist uh, because like if you if you read um, Batman Earth one that Gary Frank illustrates, he doesn't use the like he actually puts a person's head behind a mask and doesn't use the grease paint. And it's okay. just like there's a little it's a little weird. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure I dig it <laughs> because if you it, made it small enough, it would it, he would have no periphery. Right. Now, we recently I'm trying to remember. I think the new is the movie new movie called Just the Batman. Batman. Yeah. 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 I, I feel him like I've seen shit. Robert Pattinson with the grease paint on. Yeah. Which looks pretty badass by itself. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. I yeah, wonder it, if like, they could have just done that off. in Batman Returns and it would have been fine. I always I, felt I, like not having the white eyes and I know why the technology does not exist to have expressive white eyes uh, well, or it didn't at the time, but it always bugged me. It's like, yeah. I think it it's also, right, you know, I think it's also old school filmmaking. Like, um, what is it? Spielberg. That was always like, you need to see a creature's eyes. You need to see a, a person's mm-hmm. eyes. The actors mm-hmm. always behind well, a that's mask the mask. You see their eyes. They, they were very into that. Like it, in, it, a, it in a, in a comic, movie. you don't because you no, can no. have Batman squint in his eye. Like you, his yeah. white eyes are his eyes in a comic, you well, know, it, it that's was like mask always ripped too. Yeah, it would ruin the scene if he pulled the mask off and then you're kind of like, oh, he's got grease paint on under there. And how can he really communicate with with Selena perfectly that he's saying, look, well, let's go home. This is over. We we can walk away. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I remember um, I remember being I remember being hella upset that he took the mask off 
Well, it's just so easy to rip. Because, You're like, yeah, because, really? yeah, like, oh, dude, how are you going to get out of there? People are going to see you. And then Max is there. I'm like, oh, no. But then how it transpired. Yeah. Like, I was so, more upset by that. The one thing that kind of always bugged me was Catwoman, spoiler alert, Catwoman's death. Um, the, the Her final revenge on Max. For, she, she's got him there. Oh, there she is. By the way, as far as femme fatales go, at 100% top tier, my favorite is Selena Kyle, Catwoman, played by um, Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. I, 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 anytime I see her, I will stop and look at that um, from that movie. But anyway, uh, at the end, yeah, her, they're down in the sewer and she's got her, um, her taser that she had taken off of one of Penguin's henchmen much earlier in the film, which I like. And um, she holds a cable and takes the taser and then puts it in between her and Max's mouth in order to... Why? Why? What a strange... What a weird fucking death. I thought that was so strange. What did you guys think of that scene? It always, it's always bugged me. I, I, again, I was 11. It devastated me. It just, it just devastated me more than thinking about, like, well, if she was the conduit, then how... Like, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It didn't really bother me. Okay. Bob, nothing? Um, I, at the time, I was glad that, that this actor who I didn't really know, this Mac Shrek guy, was dead um, and that Batman's secret was going to be safe. Um, now I'm just like, God, I want more Christopher Walken yeah. in the next Batman movie because he's the true villain of this film. Like mm-hmm. the other two guys are, well, the guy who's Earl Walken's in it? <laughs> he's the Trump. Oh my God, we're going to have such a good Saturday. Ah. Wait, did you say, did you forget that Christopher Walken's in yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh my God, <laughs> he steals the movie. He's, at the time, I oh, couldn't sweet. stand him. I was like, why is this guy in this movie just getting What a weird guy, yeah. And he's so good. It's like, over time, it's like, it's become Walken's movie. It's, it's uh, just isn't he the, he's the He's the 80s, early 90s Trump anagram, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Big business yeah, sure. guy. Shrek. Yeah. Max Shrek, Max Shrek. Shrek's on everything. Yeah. Shrek Industries, Shrek uh, mm-hmm. shopping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I love this movie. I'm trying to remember. Uh, there were some other problems. I was a little all bothered. Can you? Oh, there. Can you play the first GIF that you played of of Bruce Wayne standing up out of the chair? Right. Speaking of problems. Are they shining the bat signal into no. Wayne Manor? No. <laughs> okay. So, no. All right. Bruce Wayne, because yeah. he's not. That's that's one of the questions that I've, I had when I was a little kid. What All if right. Batman is not looking at the sky? What if he's in the goddamn bad cave where he is right. most of the time? How does he know that there's a light in the sky when he's in a cave underground? Really, it's a really good point. This is very cool. Basically, when it goes up, there is some sort of sensor at Wayne Manor that mm. does a series of mirrors yeah. that shines it directly. It's another light. It's not the bat signal. It's another oh. light that he has at Wayne Manor that lets him know, hey, hopefully you're not having guests in this room right now because the bat <laughs> signal is going to go into the wall. Also, so that, <laughs> Never that light is not connected directly <laughs> no. to the bat signal in any way. No, no. no. Why not just why why have any mirrors? Why not just have well, something I mean, it's a cool that, sequence. 
It's because it's a cool sequence. That's but yeah, it still doesn't solve the problem. What if he's not in that room at that time? <laughs> what if, there's what if he's always, in the bad cave? Is, is there a guest mode? Like there's a guest over at the house. They like flip a switch and it, yeah. it just vibrates in his pocket. Oh, I got to go. You know, I, I, mean, like, I like I like the version of Bruce Wayne entertaining and then just like uh, uh, like just French comedy style slamming the shut of the, the, the drape <laughs> shut like oh nothing to see Whoop, here nothing. <laughs> um one of my other favorite parts of this movie is the because uh, for the first film Bruce and Vicky as a couple they're fine they 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 meet they have sex uh, she gets into the bad cave and then she we don't see her ever again and I remember being quite devastated yes um okay. she gets into his bat cave pinky first and um first. i remember being a little disappointed because of you know i, was, I love the first one so much that she she's she's just a throwaway line yeah. that they they mention that she exists mm-hmm. and like even selena like oh vicky like makes fun of her name um but in retrospect the the dialogue and the chemistry the 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 sexual charisma the, the pure sexual charisma between um uh, Batman and Selena is palpable. It's so good. I love all their scenes together. I buy that they are just horny yeah. <laughs> for each other. <laughs> to not ruin it, JD, you do know that they did date in real life before the movie. Like they weren't no. together when the movie was out, but they had dated Keaton and Pfeiffer had dated, so they had a relationship. No, no, that yeah. I mean, attracts. Oh. It shows on screen. Well, yeah, that's it- it's like Hans, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford had a whole thing going on, and that's yeah. why Empire looks as good as it does. And it's that's not their first time kissing ever. Oh. You know, they, they had a relationship during the filming of of Star Wars. Nice. So yeah, it was a real. That's one of those things where the chemistry is in in that movie for mm-hmm. for Returns. It's just they're amazing together, and it's it's not only did they have that attraction, but they play so well off of one another in their scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can gather with the smallest little look that they both like each other a yeah. lot. You know, that's yeah. what's great about their their acting. And it's it's far more sexual than I remember. I remember the one line because I remember as a kid, like, oh, are they allowed to say just a pussy I've been looking for? Uh, I couldn't believe that they were allowed to say that in a Batman movie. And somehow I completely glossed over the fact until I just watched it this past week. That they're having the scene at the ball where they're the only two not wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And um, she I forget the exact line, but Bruce says something about something being very hard. And then yeah. Selena taking a beat and going, hmm, I'd say semi-hard. And I was <gasps> I couldn't believe it. Well, it's funny you bring that up because that's one of the things that at the time that parents groups did not like about this movie that it was over sexualized it was supposed to be a, just a superhero movie and everybody had the christopher reeve you know mindset and yeah. here was this movie that was i mean there are scenes with the penguin and, and catwoman that are just you know it being an, an adult and slash parent now you're kind of like oh when can i watch this with my kid again yeah she clean she cleans herself Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a good scene. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of things in this movie you're just like, and this 
and this was part of the problem that happened for Burton as we went on to the third movie, that McDonald's was like, no, 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 stop. You can't do this. We want to sell Happy Meal toys and French fries and cups and all those other things. And now we're at this, you know, this is tame compared to like, you know, <laughs> right, right. Ledger's Joker, you know, I mean, it's, you know, making us question society. Yeah. Good, Brian. Uh, speaking of cups, did any of you guys have those glass mugs from, I believe, yeah. Burger King? Yes. They were the best. Where Two Faces coin was the handle of one of them. Yeah, That's, I had those. Yeah. Still forever, have it. Right? Yeah. Still have nice. my forever uh, Val Kilmer uh, glass one. I was so mad when the Flintstones did the same thing and they were plastic. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. Like, I have my forever mug yeah. and I didn't even care for forever that much. I might have only seen it three times. Yeah, but it was still theater. just like a Batman <laughs> for many years, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I saw that movie way too many times in the theater. Can we... mm. Oh, uh, what, real real quick. Isn't it, isn't Michael Keaton's real name like Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just find that out? Yeah. Clearly had to change it. Yeah. JD, I mean, look for the screen Blow your mind, JD. Did you know that Michael Keaton worked on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? No. Because he's from Pittsburgh? No. How about that? If you go back and you look at your original 1989 Rolling Stones interview with Keaton on the cover, there is a picture of him with like Lady Elaine on the set of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Wow. Yep. He's a PA boy. Yeah. He's such a he's such a legend. He's just a dude. Ooh. Yeah. I wasn't gonna grab mine. It's like far away. I what is that? Is that the comic? Back issue or? magazine. This is back issue magazine, uh, okay. issue one hundred and thirteen um, from July of twenty nineteen. Batman movie thirtieth anniversary issue. Okay, I just moved. Now, so I, I don't have a lot of my. Batman stuff, except for like the Christmas stuff. Sorry, no. That, that. The Batman, the Batman. <laughs> no, it's aesthetically a holiday movie. I get it, but it is not a holiday film. Like it's not a Christmas movie. It's a holiday watch. Yeah. Now, never apologize. Also, toss toss holiday stuff on all Batman toys for your son. That's the only way. Yeah. Put put Spider Man and stuff. Put isn't well, it like I named, he's got Spider Man yeah, I named my son Peter after Spider Man. So, yeah, that's um, how this house goes. Yeah, I know. over here with the Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My son's name is Kai Parker. Yeah, so we're we're very guilty of of our love for Spider Man. <laughs> so, Bob, um, I would be remiss if I did not bring it up, but I do own a comic book store, and since it is the topic at hand, uh, I assume you're aware that there is a Batman eighty nine miniseries currently public coming out how is it out now how is it have you, have you read it? Uh, so I, i've read the first four <laughs> issues um the first issue i hated it okay mm-hmm. the second issue was was solid and i loved the third issue okay um i think it would i think it would it reads probably better in chunks as opposed to the issues but like the things that they the way that they do two-face is really fascinating but it takes okay. like three issues to really get going Okay. Uh, yeah, the I, first I, issue I, is like a, it's, it's like a member berries machine where they just like keep throwing Burton references in the art and it's just like, okay. stop it. That Robin costume is cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember when they announced it and I was fascinated. It's that and Superman 78. Right? That yeah. one's better. Yeah, it was really Superman good. 78 one's really yeah. good. Yeah. And I, can, I, I figured out why. 
Um, so the, I agree that the Superman 78 miniseries is actually better. And my hypothesis is because the characters in the Superman film have different voices. They have things that they repeat. They have, um, they have turns of phrase that they use often. Um, you know, uh, Lois Lane constantly can't spell things. Is that with one L or two? Um, don't call me chief. Uh, oh, Mr. White. You know, like there's certain R's in rapist. Something like that. Or how many P's yeah, in rapist? Yeah. How many, how yeah. Many <laughs> um, so uh, there are a lot of, a lot of um, dialogue things that the, the comic book can rely on to give the, the, the reader mm. the same feeling of the films. Whereas the Batman Tim Burton stuff is more visual. So, I mean, the, the book looks on point, but it's all, it's mostly visual and soundtrack. I think um, mm. not, not Batman doesn't speak in a certain way that you go, Oh, that sounds like Tim Burton's Batman. Um, right. Says, I'm Batman. It, it does <laughs> have a, it, yeah, it does have a, um, so the the Bruce Wayne is very much like Batman Returns Bruce Wayne, where he's got a dry sense of humor, mm-hmm. and the tone of the book is a little is a little weird. But like I said, like first of all, Bruce Wayne doesn't even show up. He's not even in the book much. It's like a it's a it's a Billy D. Williams Two Face mm-hmm. comic. Like okay. he's he's the majority of issues two and three is just exclusively him, and then Bruce Wayne just kind of shows up to flip the bill. Or to foot the bill. And one of the cool things is, if you remember, I remember reading back in the day that uh, Tim Burton was originally going to have, um, ooh, look who shows up. King Shark? Shark? King Shark. Oh, yeah, she shows up in the third issue, right? Um, Selena shows up. So uh, I do remember reading way back in the day that they were going to have uh, Robin appear, uh, played by Wayans, one of the Wayans. It was Damon Wayans. Yeah, I think it was Damon. It was, oh, it was uh, one of the younger ones. So he actually shows up. Yeah. yeah. So and it's written by the screenwriter Sam Ham. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Nice. I actually read that. I read the novel that year because you know my parents would only take me so many times a week to see it that I eventually got them to buy me the book so I could just sit there and read the book. Returns. No, the the original eighty nine. Yeah. 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 So uh, I was blown away the fact that it had a different ending. Mm-hmm. Where he's like wearing just the cowl and a tuxedo, and he's on a horse. Yeah, and he's that got the little crazy. the little bat belt under his clothes that he could do stuff with. And yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of neat stuff in that book. That does make That's sense. Awesome. You'd think Bruce Wayne would carry stuff, even in his Bruce Wayne persona. You know, yeah. like just stuff that he can little gadgets and whatever. You would like he's to got a think charge that. Card. But but if That's true, if he also if, carries his Batman in Batman Forever. <laughs> then why is it in Batman uh, v Superman that Bruce Wayne gets in some car and then drives to his corporation instead of getting in his mobile Batwing and attacking that spaceship that's annihilating the city? Your question was invalid as soon as you said in Batman v Superman. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't know if, if I the, was amongst fellow people. The, that the, the dot, dot, dots after that just didn't matter anymore because – it's in that movie. But it's the in that movie. Batman representation in that movie is very I, I will solid. Not, I will not give the whole movie a pass from one eight-minute sequence that's good. It's I mean, two I don't, hours and 45 minutes. 
<laughs> I, I enjoyed other parts of that movie, but it wasn't as good as a Batman Superman movie that I hoped and dreamt for. But that wasn't the only part of that movie that I liked. Yeah. But, but I, I still think he's the best Batman, to be honest with you guys. Like, I think I think Batman yeah. like his Batman would have been totally fine. Yeah down for it i do remember there was a lot of conversation around the batman in this movie and how he just murders everybody yeah. and i i did kind of have to give it a pass uh because bruce you know michael keaton he he's a murder dog himself like in the first yeah. movie he drives into the ace chemical factory and drops a bomb and murders a building full of people with a bomb Right. And then in the second one, he takes a ticking time bomb, puts it down a man's pants and drops him into the sewer to explode to death. So that's pretty rough. Not only that, he tried very hard to murder the Joker with the bat wing with all of his high tech sensors. That was one thing that always bothered me. Why couldn't he hit the Joker? With the Batwing. That drove me nuts. I, I don't understand. I don't know why, but I always thought it was like a Joker messed with his tracking for somehow or somewhere. Just, just the way that he it. looked, just the way like <laughs> maybe he had a jammer on him. I don't know. It's just they made such a point of arrows. Yeah. Missiles. It just it like and I don't know. How did the Joker take down the Batwing again? With a big With gun. A, a gun. But in the book, or it's a rocket propelled grenade that takes it down. But in the movie it's just this long barreled gun. Well, yeah. we, we all what? know that the longer the barrel, the more accurate and powerful the shot. Which, yeah, the power yeah. comes from the barrel. That's not how that works, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the power comes from the length of the barrel, not yeah. nothing to do with the projectile. It gathers up the speed, power the, as it goes the caliber, it. nothing at all to that. It's just about yeah. the barrel length. Yeah. Guns. All right. I know well, everything. Uh, we need. We have been reading books this week as well. Uh, I have. Uh, this tickled me. I could talk about Batman and Batman Returns for a very long time, but uh, we got to get moving. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, this Saturday. This Saturday night, nine forty-five p.m. at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, where they film the original Blob, and they have Blob Fest every year. Uh, very cool theater. They host. Um, uh, well, movie. But they also have big special events. I've done a handful of different posters for the special events. Also for Batman Returns, I'm designing the, uh, I'm illustrating the poster for Batman Returns for this Saturday. I'm getting some stickers printed up. I'm going to have some t-shirts that I designed, all Batman Returns related. And uh, hopefully you can come hang out, see it on the big screen in 35 millimeter, get a t-shirt, poster, sticker, whatever. Come say hi. Um, that's it. If you want to know how to get if you want to know any, any, if you have any questions, email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com and I'll make sure that you get a ticket, uh, get any information that you may need. Um, anything else, Bob? No. Thank you for sponsoring the film. It's great to have you back and doing a poster for us. And I'm looking yeah. forward to meeting, you know, Noel, we've met before, but Brian, looking forward to meeting you in person. Yeah. Um, no. We have over 600 seats in the theater. So if you're afraid, buy your ticket ahead of time. If you're just going to walk right up, Definitely, you know, we're going to have seats. Um, we, you know, 600 seats is a lot of seats. Really. And we have a yeah. balcony, which most people don't, most movie theaters don't have anymore. So we still have our vintage <gasps> balcony that you can sit in and watch a movie very old school style. I would so, like oh, to add one. I looked it up. Since last week, it was Harry Houdini that performed at uh, the Colonial. Yep. Remember we talked about that last week? Yep. And uh, yep. somebody else famous was there, right, Bob, at one time? Mary I remember, Doug. according to Wikipedia... 
I don't remember who Mary it was. Mary Pickford was there. Ah, uh, that's the one. Briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But, I mean, you could say literally... But Stephen she was McQueen. just there, right? No. <laughs> also, wasn't he the Bacon Brothers? Yeah, the Bacon Brothers. That's true. That's true. Wasn't uh, Joe Bob Briggs there recently? Who? Yeah. Joe, Joe Bob. Bob Briggs from The Last Drive-In? Uh, yes. And if you pay attention, you may see Joe Bob again soon. Ooh, nice. I missed it. I had a customer come in today and I was telling him about the showing. And he was like, oh, I was just there. I saw Joe Bob Briggs. And I was like, what? Joe Bob um, was there? That was like really? 2019. That was before uh, the world shut yeah. down. So, yeah. Well, I actually, a, a segue, world shut down. I like, I don't know if anybody listening is still not sure about going to the movies yet. Are there, I believe on the website, I saw that there were some precautions <laughs> if you want to run through them. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes. We do Excuse have, yeah. we do have, um, no, I'm dry. Uh, <laughs> I know we, I'm messing with you. <laughs> we do have COVID-19 protocols. Uh, you have to have your vaccination card. Um, and you're, you know, an ID of some sort. So you show those when you get in. If you're going to buy tickets through our portal, through our website, it will also say the same thing. Be sure to have, you know, you have to be vaccinated. You have to wear a mask unless you're eating. We do have beer and wine and all those other fun things. But it is a very, it, if if you're, you know, and living very safely because you have loved ones you want to protect and those things, um, but you still have the need to go out. We are very safe, very clean. We clean the place after every screening. I love um, it. You know, JD and I both have sons who cannot be vaccinated at this point. So it is something that we, you know, we live with all the time and we're very aware. But our theater is very clean and safe. We just had 100 people on Sunday for um, White Christmas. Um, and again, with 600 seats, it's easy to spread out. You know, so oh, yeah. we had six over almost 600 people for Rocky Horror Picture Show back in October. And it was a surreal to feel that safe that everyone was vaccinated when they walked in the yeah. door and had That's their cards. Awesome. And we just did the 24 hour exhumed marathon um, at 575 tickets for 24, 25, because it was over daylight savings time, 25 straight hours. Everybody came to the door with vaccination cards. That's um, awesome. So I almost didn't get in. I almost didn't get in because I couldn't find my Vax card. And then I was like, oh, the last minute, the last second I found it. Uh, that was the other thing I wanted to mention is that the Colonial now hosts the exhumed 24-hour horror-thon, which is one of my all-time favorite things to do when I can get around to it. Um, it's very difficult to carve out 24 hours to watch horror movies. But when I can, um, I used to go to the International House um, religiously to go to do it when I could. And uh, it got shut down. Uh, I think it got bought, so they had to stop doing it but now the colonial is hosting it and oh i'm very excited i was very excited to go spend some time there and there's a nice ramen shop so i, I took a break yeah. from watching some of the movies and i went to uncommon ramen and had some ramen and went back to watch more movies it was awesome yeah i it, all of that all of that should tell you that if you were at all unsure about like jumping back in this is the perfect example or the reason or the the way to get back into the movie theaters because we know it's safe it's it's comfort it's classic uh, you just can't lose this. Yeah. This movie's this is going to be an awesome Saturday night. Very excited. Thank yeah, you, Bob. Is, thank you, guys. Have a good show. I'm thrilled to be. I was thrilled to be on, and I look yeah. forward to seeing all of you in person and all of those on the chat and watching at home. Thank you. Hi, right, brother. Be well. Um, I'm told that mistletoe is deadly if you eat it, but a kiss can be even That's deadlier right. if you mean it. Oh. Um. All right. So there is. I mean, uh, Give me some credit. I just finished the line. I know. I knew. You, I knew you could. I oh, had I faith I in you. I was gonna get like a. I was gonna get a little clap. 
Yay! Yay! You did it. It feels um, good to be back. You, you gotta come over here and lick lick my nose now, though. <laughs> yeah, from that's the from traditional chin, exchange. From chin to tip, just yeah. <laughs> chin to tip. Uh, Jenny, do you not have a a uh, photo on your phone of your vaccine vaccination card? I do now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So some. Oh, oh, I guess we could do the other thing since we have a nice little break here. Uh, thank you to Bob for joining us tonight. And thanks to everyone who's joining us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what we're doing here, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. The joy, the unbridled joy of doing this live is all hanging out in the chat. So pipe up. Um, you can email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com. You can join our book club facebook group which is called jd's hero complex book club it's basically just the name of my shop plus book club it's pretty basic and um what else did i want to tell you uh we talk about patreon.com patreon.com you can go to patreon.com slash johnny destructo and you can help us out that way by giving us some some of your monies uh, thank you to Donna, our newest patron who just signed up this month. Oh, thank you, Donna. So very, very appreciated. And um, gosh, there was something else that I was, I was thinking about in the shower today. And I was like, you know, there's something that happens that I never mention on the show, and I should mention it. Uh, oh, usually I have a, I have a comic book store. I have subscriptions. If you do not have a local comic shop and you're a U.S. of A, sign up for a subscription with us. You can contact me. Uh, there are many different ways to do it. You can contact me and I can set you up with a subscription. We do mail outs. So if you're not leaving your house and you want to just hang out at home, receive your comics, I will send them to you. It's a free service. Well, I mean, you pay for the shipping. But like otherwise, I order the book in. I send it to you. You pay for the book. You pay for the shipping. The you rest don't take of it, a little cut for yourself even, J.D., for this I shipping? should. I really you don't should. Do the though. amount of time it takes me to do all the shipping. Ship oof. But you don't do it. You I don't do it. Outside, I don't do it. And you just send so, it out for free. Yeah, um, we have an uh, we have an email. I'm going to read it oh. as soon as I hear. Here we go. All right. So um, who is this? Charles in Chattanooga emailed us at coldpopgo at gmail.com. Hey, guys, it's your boy, Charles in Chattanooga, a Green Lantern Tribble, a.k.a. at Hal2814. What's up? After one of my favorite comic book artists, George Perez, posted on his... I'm sorry, George Perez posted on his Facebook page that doctors told him he has like six months to a year to live because of cancer. And he just wants to spend that time with his wife, family, and interacting with his fans. It made me think of how much I love his work and the couple times I met him and how down to earth he was. One time at Dragon Con, it was just me and him hanging out in Artist Alley, looking and commenting on cosplayers walking by, and he told me how much he loves going to cons and meeting fans and how he loved cosplayers. On the outside, I was playing it pretty cool, but on the inside, I was screaming, I'm hanging out with George Perez, watching and commenting on cosplayers. It's a moment I'll never forget. My question to you guys, is there something about George Perez that had an impact on you as a comic book fan? Spoiler alert! Um, does anyone have, anyone want to take this? Okay. Anyone have an answer to this? I, I think the standout thing George Perez did for me is the JLA Avengers yeah. run, right? Like, I know it's not what put him on the map by any means, uh, it's probably not the first time that I saw anything that he had done, but 
that story was so great and he's just drawing everybody um and it i think definitely is the most impactful story in my like personal canon that he illustrated um and there's so many cool moments superman holding mjolnir with yep. cap's shield you know mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah um yeah yeah those and just like the the breadth of characters you know and, and the big splash pages with everybody in them and how well he does all of the classic looks of it. Because there is that issue three, you get, you know, kind of the new history of the Marvel and DC universe that have known each other. Um, and uh, so you get to see, like, you know, everybody. That uh, was awesome. How about you? Guys? Yeah, that is a really good one. Um, I actually, a bunch of people had tweeted out, I was one of them, that because of what's going on with, with uh, Mr. Perez, uh, it would be a great time for DC and Marvel to reprint JLA yeah. Avengers in a nice, big, absolute kind of hardcover. Just re- cool. it, it already exists. Just redo it. Do Give us another one and then give a pro- some of the proceeds to his family and him. Yeah. So please, I, ho- I really wish they would do that. Uh, one, I would love... My own copy of JLA Avengers, nice absolute hardcover. But two, it would just—it'd be a nice thing to do. Yeah. I um I I don't want it an absolute. I want a I want a like a floppy treasury edition. Yeah. Oh, I you do love those tre- those new treasuries. I mean, you I'm do. Fucking loving the treasury editions. Yeah, you are. I, I I would purchase it in any format. Um, I remember um at the beginning of the pandemic we um reviewed book it club. for yeah. our book club. Um, mm-hmm. And I did not l- rem- love it as much as I remembered loving it, but it literally had nothing to do with the art. If anything, the art saved every yeah. second of it. Um, but I remember meeting him once in Florida. I used to live in Florida. I grew up in Florida. So him showing up at some of the shops in like Sarasota and Orlando and stuff was not abnormal at all for just signings. And they came became less and less frequent. I don't have anything anymore. Um, but I guess the first thing I, remember is just the covers of crisis on infinite earths even before i ever read it just it's like those all of those images just kind of permeate pop culture or just Mm. my childhood um before ever even wanting to read the story if that Mm. makes sense like it was always just in the periphery and it it was just how i saw the characters in my head like superman holding supergirl and that going for that one and how he I know a lot of people will say um, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez because mm. it, that was like the bed sheets and the action figures yeah. were his designs. Mm. My imaginary versions of all the characters were George Perez's because that's nice. just a couple of years kind of after. And I just kind of hit that wave instead. Mm. So it's not really like a run that I remember of his. Like I know I've never I've never read New Teen Titans I've never read his Wonder Woman run. I've never like I've never really gone through his art, but his art has always been how I originally defined all of the DC characters. Yeah. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths is one of the masterpieces of the comic medium as far as art is concerned. Uh, I remember. I had uh, probably 20 years ago at this point, got they released a nice hardcover. It was like silver with a slip cover. And Alex Ross had done this really big, beautiful fold out recreation of, um, or not recreation, but like this fold out poster. Um, that was about kind of what was happening in crisis from beginning to end. And it was gorgeous. And um, yeah, 
This is the Alex Ross, but this is obviously not the edition you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mine came with that, that, but it was a whole fold-out poster. It was much bigger. Um, gorgeous. Yeah. Ooh, baby. Nice. Look at that. That's this is how I grew up imagining these characters was George yeah, Perez's art. Yeah. Um, so yes, that that is one of my favorite Perez pieces. Could look at it for days, and I have. It's wonderful. But I also love, love, love his new Teen Titans. Um, that's that's how I. Whenever I picture the Teen Titans, those are yeah. that's how I picture those yeah. characters. When I picture Robin, that's how I picture him. Is is the Teen Titans version by George Perez? Um, absolutely love it. I love that run. It's so fun. It's if you haven't read the new Teen Titans by Wolfman and Perez, highly recommend it. And if you haven't read Crisis on Infinite Earths, man, I know it's dated. I know it's old, but it is to this day one of the biggest and best crossover. Not I guess it is a, just events. Yeah. Right. Crossover event. I think is yeah. like this might be where that term came from. This and Secret yeah. Wars. Yeah. yeah. Now, to be fair, not all of the crossover issues were important. Uh, basically, I think it's mm. sort of ridiculed at this point because some of the crossover issues were like Crisis on Infinite Earths and uh, basically would have like one panel with a red sky in it. Um, yeah. And that that that's somehow considered part of the crossover. But yeah. Um, yeah, probably absolutely. also at that time, you know, events weren't really a thing. And the writers of those books were probably like, oh, I got my own thing going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm telling I'm in the middle of telling this other story. Um, I'll throw a red. I'll throw a red sky in one panel. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dan H agrees that crisis on infinite earths. Hmm. So he's in the comments and action figure expert says, hello. Are you guys hyped for no way home this week? Yeah, we are. I am. I'm, I'm uh, yes, I, I'm. I'm gonna end up. I, I was looking up what's like available George Perez wise. Hmm. I assume there's gonna be like some, some like market scrambling for a lot of his like hardcovers and stuff. Yeah, that's so, all. So. Um. Uh. Yeah, I'm super excited. We're gonna talk about it next week. I, if anything, I mean, right? Are we all yeah. gonna try and see it this weekend? I know JD yeah. and I have tickets. Um. Brian. I got to get a ticket. I was actually uh, at the beginning of the show. I looked up online when what's still available. And there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff yeah. available yeah. this weekend. So, yeah. Um, and we have another email from Chris, but we'll get to that next week because holy cats, uh, we haven't talked about a single book yet. So yeah, everyone who's joining do, us. In real time, you want to just do less books? Yes. Sure. At one team. Let's do the top three. What do you say? Like the, the first three on the script there? Uh, I read two of those. So, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, uh, yeah. well, which ones did you read today? Let's see. I read, I read Devil's Reign, Buffy, cool. and Batman. Oh, and Star Wars okay. Crimson Reign. The only oh. one I didn't read was... Um, one Star Squadron? One Star Squadron. Oh, I can do a Thunder Round. Thunder Round. I, uh, yeah, I will, I'll, 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 uh, I'll backpedal on his Thunder Round. You wanna, cool. we, we can go through that one fast and then just hit on Batman. Devil's um, Reign. Uh, let's see. Action figure expert is commenting. I meant, are you guys somewhat mispronouncing Perez? His name is pronounced with a Purez. Well, um, he had, the reason I pronounce it that way is because back when this podcast was called pop tards, um, I had met him and I had him do a bump for me. And he said, hi, this is George Perez. And you're listening to pop tards podcast so um i pronounce it perez because that's how he pronounced it when he announced himself on my show 
That's a good reason. He was probably pretty consistent. Uh, right, I would think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he said his own name. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so generally, if I hear the person saying their own name, I take a, I take a cue from that. Um, all right. So wait, what are we starting off with? Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign. All right. Marvel Comics written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Cecchetto. The story that's been building for years is here. Wilson Fisk went from kingpin to mayor of the biggest city in America and is going to bring his full criminal and political power to bear on the superheroes who call NYC home. The man who once destroyed Daredevil has set his sights on the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and more. And since it's Fisk, once he takes them all down, you know he's going to sign it. Crossbones, Taskmaster, Typhoid Mary, Shocker, Whiplash, Rhino, Craven. Fisk has an army of supervillains at his command, and this is just his opening salvo. For years, Fisk has waited for his time to strike, and you won't believe the aces he's got up leaves. Um, All right, guys. I have not read Daredevil in... A very long time. Since the last time we reviewed one for the show. And that was the only issue of that run that I've read, I think. Um, <laughs> where Electra takes over. Now, I like Chip Zdarsky. I love Marco Cicchetto. There's absolutely no reason other than time that I have not read these these issues. Um, this is one of those that I kept meaning to catch up with, and I just have not done it. So uh, I was a little confused. I thought Matt was still in prison. And it said, you know, and it said... Last week, and it shows him on the streets confronting Fisk. And I was like, has he only been in prison for a week? Like, I realized the sliding timeline uh, is a little strange. But I was like, has he only been in prison for one week? No, it turns out he went to prison. He's already out of prison. So that was a surprise to me. Um, I just, as a reader who's been reading for a very long time, and you don't even have to be a reader who has read for a very long time. You only have to be a reader who has read since Civil War. Yeah. To go. Yeah. This is this this. How is this not? This is just civil war. Basically, yeah. they did it with champions um, where they outlawed anyone under 21 from being a superhero, which is fine. That makes sense. Get it. But now it's like, aha, we're going to outlaw all of them in New York City. Um, it just feels like, oh, oh that's the thing. Oh, we're just outlawing superheroes again. That's it. And we got Captain America picking up the shield and fighting against the law like like he did last time. Um, uh, I'm hoping there's more coming to this because this feels very rote. I feel like we've been there and I'm not that excited about it. I think it's neat that he has a, a new wife in Typhoid Mary, considering he's been, you know, pining over Vanessa Fisk for decades and decades, who's been in a coma. Um and he during Spider-Man he tried to resurrect the Rose, but he wound did he wound up resurrecting his other son or something? Butch, uh, who I've never heard of in my life. I don't know who Butch is. Um, what a common problem. You so, try to uh, resurrect one child, and the one you don't want comes back. And the wrong uh, kid, just that <laughs> garbage. Butch, yeah. And um, he's mayor. And now he's going to be running for president, just like Lex Luthor did. And it's just yeah. a lot of the stuff in this feels like they're done that for me. Um, which is just, that's just how comic books work. When you've been in this game as long as uh, I have, I think it's just, you're going to see cycles, right? Um, that's not to say that it's 
not interesting and not well done. I just, there's a lot in here that I was just kind of like, oh, okay. We, I, this feels very familiar. What did you think? No, you've been reading it this entire time, right? Like you've been enjoying the Chip uh, Zdarsky run. I read the first, the first oh, chunk. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. This all starts, his whole run starts with something we've already seen, which is Matt Murdock in prison. Well, yeah. no, it doesn't start with it. It's Well, like, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like 25 issues. So I, I read the first 10. Sure. And then I read um, a handful around when he goes to prison, which is like yeah. issue 25 through 35. I didn't read them all, but that he got out in like 35. And then 36 was the end of the series. And then this took over. Um, I like this a lot, like a mm-hmm. lot, because I didn't. I obvi- There were obvious, even in story, there were obvious mentions of the Superhero Registration Act. Yeah. Every character is in on it and understands. But to me, this hit differently because it was exclusively a local politician mm. overriding a mandate or creating a mandate in their municipality. Not unlike people are doing now with with mandates and restrictions on mandates for bad things. So like uh, a Governor Abbott in Texas being like, no, schools, you can't decide to do that. Fuck you. You can't like this is a shitty politician kind of like to me, it was that not just like some federal thing and all the, the villains are blah. It's, it's just like a, a local problem, which I really liked. And then everyone just jumped into it. Like the, the, uh, the way that captain America had his whole like little speech just really, really quickly. Like ev- it's almost like all of these, it's not almost like it is all of these characters have been here. This isn't the creative team is not trying to gussy up an old story so much as everyone in the story understands that this is repeated history and they're all acting mildly differently. Like uh, Luke Cage and Jessica are packing up their shit and they're like, we're not doing this again. We're getting out of town. We're not doing this again. And then they end up kind of falling into a pattern because Luke can't let things go. So like, I like the characters being an active part in knowing the trope if that makes sense like i feel like that is totally different enough for me to enjoy this and then on top of it you got the amazing art uh there's some really solid there's some really solid jokes in here that land like this was i've seen this action movie Mm -hmm. it was still a really good action movie okay okay it's a good way of looking at it like i i really enjoyed the shit out of this yeah I, i had a good time i Everything you said is absolutely accurate. I have a little bit more baggage because I've read a little bit more of the run. So like the tone of it is just on par. But besides that, you're right. You're absolutely right. This is retread. Brian. Yeah, that was that was my take on it too. Like I, I so the opening page, Daredevil's costume is illustrated fantastically. Like it it looks like a, like a heavier suit than spandex. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. Um, also, is this Peter Parker's new look? Like, who's what Spider Man? This is Ben, it's Ben Riley. No, there's two of there's two Spider Men here. Uh, it's Miles. Three. That's oh, that's Miles's new look with the yep. oh, I like that costume a lot. I don't like it as much as Miles' other costume. Yeah, um, I, I just had this same conversation with JD. I was just like, yeah. I like Miles' new costume. Yeah, a little bit weird mask on mask, but I like I like it in general. Yeah, I don't like it better than what he had before. No, his other <laughs> one, I like it. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I thought this, it was Peter. I was like, this, yeah, for a little bit. 
the more the slightly more traditional Spider-Man costume, which is rejiggered, that's Ben. Ben Ryan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, you know, I was reading it and I was like, oh, Civil War. Oh, and they mentioned Civil War, and not just Civil War, even like this is not that new of a concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and or, or even having the the villains as the enforcers that are right. now on this, you know, that's dark rain, the Thunderbolts, different events, Thunderbolts, but, baby. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And they're, I mean, they are the Thunderbolts in this even. Uh, yeah. So you're not wrong though. Like they are conscious of it in story. Although mm-hmm. when uh, Luke and Jessica, they're like, we got to get out of here. And they're like, that's, this is why we don't wear costumes. Isn't that why the other people do wear costumes? <laughs> so <that laughs> you don't know who they are. Yeah, because you can take well, off mean, the costumes. I, I, right, I mean, like they're just walking around as themselves. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, also, I mean, you know what she meant by that, right? The fact that, like, we don't colorfully dress ourselves up to, right. you know, bring they attention. They don't attract attention. But, yeah. no, I mean, while I was reading it, I was like, but that's what masked it. Like, your identities are public. They yeah, can just see, come and get you, you know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Also, how are they taken out? Reed Richards and the Invisible Woman that easily, like Dr. Otto Octavius handles them. Um, but yeah, I, I like that they have a protocol for that. And Thing and Johnny are now out uh, scheming things up. Butch is a Butch is sort of an odd character who wants to be a mafia boss, but not like his dad and. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kill a lot, I think, is his deal. He did. Uh, uh, so I I, uh, there's two things that I don't know if you guys are aware of. Um, I did go back and read issue 36 that led into this mm-hmm. just in case I missed something. Mm-hmm. And they do introduce the idea of Matt goes out of his way to it, it's it's the issue where they're uh, of their wedding of of Fisk and, mm-hmm. and Typhoon Mary's wedding. Um, Matt goes out of his way to, after getting out of prison to just show up at Fisk's office. He's like, look, we've done this shit over and over again. I go to prison, you go to prison. Neither of us actually ever change and blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to try something new. I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let you be happy. Like maybe you being content is going to be what kind of just keeps us on a level playing, a level playing field for the ongoing future. Mm-hmm. And Fisk is like, Fair. Yeah. Stay in our lanes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then later on and during their honeymoon, he's in his cabin with her and he's going through old files and he actually has a daredevil identity kind of file, like all the things that he's collected over time and all the secrets. And he's just like going through them for like shits and giggles and fun to like clean house. Mm-hmm. And he starts to read the file and doesn't remember the information in it, mm. which pisses him off. Because during Mark Wade's run, he put oh, he that genie back in the bottle oh. of his identity being a secret because all of the purple man's children made the world forget hmm. that. So he has all of this old historical information about who Daredevil is and he can't read it like he physically can't read it. And that was the scene at the beginning of this where he's so fucking pissed that you did hmm. something to my head. Yeah, yeah. All bets are off. Identity All superheroes stuff. are gone. That's pretty like, interesting. I, like yeah. that. I thought yeah, that yeah. was super wide. Like they had an armistice for f- 
five minutes that could have worked, but yeah. just like in Matt Murdock fashion, he did something way earlier to fuck it up. Just mm-hmm. way earlier. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. This run is remind really fun. remind me who this not Matt Murdock is that we're looking at. That's oh, his the- brother, who was originally a fake identity portrayed by Matt Murdock, but was then given actual life. We read this, JD, for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We read that like synopsis of his entire existence, which was new but retroactively included in. It was in an history. annual, yeah. yeah. He was he was made real. Was it because of Secret after Secret Wars? I don't remember the mechanism that they, I was trying to remember. I, yeah. I, yeah. I remember reading that, but I was trying to get to the impetus of it. I was trying to remember why, like like, create, what the thing was. Yeah. yeah, he I couldn't he do it. Was fa- yeah, he was fake, made real. Yeah. He learned he was fake, and you know, made it to where he was a real boy. So like <laughs> he, he um. And he didn't is not he, like, blind, ma- right? And does yeah, not no, have no, no, powers no. of any kind. Didn't yeah. didn't he like make it with a fucking? It was either magic or something else where he inserted himself into memories. Oh, too. this so, like he something that the hood had. Like I don't think it was maybe, the Northstones, yeah, like, but whatever he had at that time. Yeah, he was real, that. but then made it to where he was actually a part of. He has a timeline. Like of so, the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as Matt's concerned, I have a fucking twin brother and he's a yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, one, here one at thing the I, end. What? Uh, here at the end is another thing that I think we've seen before that they're headed to. Uh, I'm not certain, but it looks like Fisk is taking the Purple Man's powers. Much Trying like to. the Red yeah. Skull took Xavier's powers. Uh, by uh, When I was reading it, I was like, oh, is he doing like a... I'm yeah, this is a greatest. Hit, this is a greatest hits of Marvel tropes, and I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a sucker for it. That's cool. When it's done, when it's done well, I, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I, I like this end here where Fisk sort of guts the Purple Man. Yeah, and he's looks like he's gonna be powering himself up. Yeah, I, I mean, I realize I gave a bunch of negatives. I still enjoyed the issue. Um, oh, it doesn't does not hurt that Marco Cicchetto drew it. I'll tell you what. So good at this. And mm-hmm. why is there not? Why is that Punisher run out of print, dude? Why? Ah! Whatever. I got all the single what? issues. I keep meaning to to make it into an omnibus, send it to a bindery, and have them you, fix it for me. You you need to do it so as soon as you pay for that, it's announced. Yeah, because that's that's my luck. You can that's do that. Works. You can. Have yeah. someone turn single issues into a dude. Yeah, yes. Oh yeah, that's cool. I have collected all of the uh, Ben Riley. I'm a big Ben Riley Spider-Man fan. Oh yeah. So I've I've collected both Ben Riley series that came out. One from um, Christopher Yost and one by um, David. Peter David. Uh, and I'm going to have them both bound together into an omnibus so that I have a I have them all in one little. Huh. thing on my shelf you know that's you cool. can design your own cover too and you can design your own covers yeah so that's awesome very very uh, cool hmm. uh all right buffy the last vampire slayer number one boom studios written by casey gilly no idea who that is with art by joe Jero. no idea who that is can a lone slayer save what's left of humanity Buffy Summers is the last slayer. Now in her 50s, she wages a one-woman fight against the forces of darkness who prey on humanity in the daylight unimpeded thanks to a magical catastrophe that has nearly blotted out the sun. 
The same disaster robbed Buffy and her fr of her friends and ended the Slayer line, forcing her into an endless guerrilla war. That is, until she stumbles across something she hasn't seen in a long time. Hope. In the form of a prophecy and the young girl who carries it. Uh, I don't think that all of this was... Um, obvious from what I read. The fact that something happens that blots out the sun and kills her friends. Uh, I don't think I knew that the sun was blotted out. Wait, really? Uh, was, they, they said it. I mean, they stated it in the comic. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm Although it idiot. wasn't clear that that was the event, I didn't know what happened to kill her friends. It right. didn't seem like it was related to the sun being blotted out. Like yes. Those, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, to be honest, you know, I was looking forward to this because I thought, ooh, old man Buffy. Yeah, I'm a, I like those kind of stories. Uh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, but it felt a little expository, overly expository. There's a lot of chit chat. Um, and I, I don't feel like I was emotionally connected, even though I love Buffy. So um, I think it's fine. Um, I'm probably going to let Noel stick with it and he'll let me know if it's very, very good. Uh -huh. Cause he's, the, he's been the one who's been reading the buff, the regular Buffy series and sort of catching me up on the multiverse of it all for Buffy, mm -hmm. which sounds so, so cool. and makes me want to catch up on it. So I'm assuming this is going to be part of that. What did you think, Noel? Um, I, well, like to, to that point, the, in regards to like, it sounds so cool. It's not as egregious as like the Justice League run by Scott Snyder, where it sounds cool when I retell you what's happening, but it's like a slog to read. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's it is cooler on paper than it is in in practice. Yeah. The like it was, it's funny because it's all on paper. I ha ha ha. I read, <laughs> um, I read every issue of Buffy, and every issue I have to I have trouble remembering what happened the last issue. Oh, uh, okay. And the way that it's structured is just like not it's not very continuous and it's not very catchy it's just like it's like reading interesting enough interesting enough fan fiction yeah but they you know opened it up to like there's multiple the, a multiverse and multiple different like the tv show also exists the 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 comic series also exists there's other versions of buffy all over the place and immediately when i started reading this i was like all right so is that what version of Buffy is this? Is this like an old version of the TV show? Is this an old version of the comic book version? It's neither because there are people that are alive and there are people that are dead that are either alive and or not dead in the, each version of those. So like this yeah, is just one a of those whole other thing. Threw me for a loop. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, well, that, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his nuts? Is Xander still has both his eyes. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, right. th that's a flashback. So Yeah, but they all die. Yeah, a flashback to the future. Yeah. yeah. The flashback is still the future of the TV show. Oh, um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Also, yeah. Anya's alive. Right. Um, like, it's... Wait, is, it's she, the, is she dead in the she new died comic in the show. thing? Did she die in the no, show? No, she's alive in the new comic, but oh, she's she dead in the, in the show, whereas right. Xander is not alive in the comic, right. but was alive in the show, but the show version has one eye. Like, this right. is... And Tara? There's no, was it there's pretty no significant yeah, also Tara is alive and like the yeah. whole reveal at the end with the with the child. So yeah. this is this. I had a similar problem with the uh, beginning of the new Boom series. The first couple of issues 
the art was amazing, but I kept wondering who's this for? Because you keep making references to a TV show that's 25 years old, but you keep trying to reintroduce things, but you're doing it by referencing things. Like there was like no work put in to introduce mm. you to these new versions of characters. Just like you remember, you remember, right? You remember. Like, so it's like, who's this for? Are you just trying to please the old people or are you trying to introduce mm. new people because you're doing a half-assed job of both? That's what this read like. It's, it doesn't introduce you to the world very clearly, but it just keeps making references to things you might know if you watched the show and absorbed everything else. Mm. So it's like, just do one well and stop trying to like, you know, boil the whole ocean. Yeah. That being said, it wasn't bad. This mm. was like a solid, this is like a C plus, a B minus yeah. for a first issue. Like it was fine. The art, the art was better than the writing. Mm. Um, uh, I, I really I, I I didn't have problems following it. Um, I like how they did kind of trickle in the rules of this world. You know, like her powers are waning, but now she's pretty much immortal. So like yeah. her powers have flipped with the sun got blotted out in a, in a weird way. But also she can't blend in at all. Because when she's around supernatural beings or vampires or demons, she starts to get nosebleeds and headaches. Like she can't function very well to do her job. Even though, so, it's I like them kind of fucking with Buffy, but it's just it's it's all between the lines as opposed to on the page. So that nosebleed know, thing kind of calls back, which I didn't pick up on because they dropped it in the show pretty early. Um, that she gets like menstrual cramps when she's around yeah. vampires. I know they mentioned in the movie and I think it was in the beginning of the show. Um, mm. But that didn't really stick around if it, if it was. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, the nosebleed thing is kind of similar. And the whole, the whole like terrorist thing. So I guess the sun blots out, the watcher council gets reorganized into being more of a uh, peace treaty type of organization that kind of polices mm. both like a, like an armistice between the supernatural world and humans um, and the new watchers are potential slayers that will kind of be, become like a police force or a peacekeeping force. But then they're just all blown up. Oh, Oops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I thought, um, I thought that, that part of it uh, was a little it, similar to what you were talking about. Oh, like they don't really introduce much of the world and they have all these no. references like, the everyone that you're interested in seeing is not part of this other than Buffy and they don't do anything to give you any new interesting stuff for you know like I don't know some usually in these dystopian stories I mean I know we get it right at the end but there's there's remnants or what happened to this character or that character and none of those are really present um, except for to Buffy, but you don't get much about, like, she's just kind of that, uh, I live in a crappy apartment. I don't have a purpose in the world kind of thing. And you get a little tease of her powers are flipped. That's about it. It feels like an outline. This issue feels like an outline. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. why is Anya, she has like two different forms, right? She's got like yeah. a vampire looking form. Did she? I don't remember her having another look in the show. Yeah, she? she's a demon. She she has yeah. a demon look though. That's not just yeah. Like oh, okay. it, it's almost like a 
Deadpool style skin with lines. Oh, uh, all right. Which they kind of do in the book. That. Yeah. Little yeah. Guillermo del Toro with the etching in the. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also had a little bit of a hard time figuring out whose text bubble was whose in that lengthy text thing. I mean, it's laid out there. It just because one of them says, are you following me? Um, and that's Buffy, but I don't know. It didn't, it didn't flow that cohesively. And I had to, I found I had to keep going back and being like, okay, this one is Buffy. This one is whoever she is talking to. Cause we don't know yet that it's uh, Anya. Yeah. Um, there's a scene here. Speaking of confusion, there's a scene here where she's walking down the street and she keeps, she holds her phone up and she sees a reflection behind her and she turns around and it's gone. That's fine. But then uh, she's walking down the street and she turns around and there's a woman there with a parrot. Yeah. And Buffy screams, why are you following me? And then the the woman says, sometimes they follow me too. And Buffy goes, sorry. I guess it's just supposed to be like a crazy person on the street. Like, yeah, that, that I wasn't yeah. entirely, I had that a couple yeah. times be like, what is happening in the scene? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just presume it's it's uh, you know Willow's daughter using magic because you see like yeah. the extra shadow and stuff. It's just again, there's a lot of bits in here that aren't as clear as they should be or could be. It's just it's like they're they're rushing through plot points without actually telling me a story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very yeah, expository. There's, there's no grounding in any of the characters. There's no like kind of window into their psyches no. no reason to no. be emotionally connected but, to them but but there is if you just recognize names yeah you're like oh that's it goes, back to, <laughs> yeah. goes back to my original point of like yeah. again who's this for are you trying to tell me a new story or are you just trying to like hit check references off a list and mm. rush through it like I, I don't know you know um i don't really care for this issue but it makes me kind of want a Sarah Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller led last Buffy series. That would be cool. Yeah. With, that's just like, I don't know, give her a couple more years and she's yeah. not too far behind this, right? Hey, age her up. But give her like 10 years with uh, gray hair and we're, we could just do yeah. it today. Let's do yeah. it. She's retired from acting though at the moment. She'll come she? back for that. Oh, she? I think I she's read something about. Oh, yeah. She just did something for uh, Hema or. Matches of the Universe, Revelations, right? She was That's dealing, right. or yeah. evil. And I just saw her in yeah, Scream yeah. 2. Oh. Well, Duh. that counts. I don't know how time works. <laughs> um, they, they act them out, J.D. Whenever you hit the button to start it, <laughs> they come in They your quick get their clothes on and they're like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I got to play CC again. <laughs> it's it sucks when I rewind and like watch the scene over and over again. It really tires them out. Oh yeah, they hate it. Yeah. Oh, thunder round. Thunder round. So a thunder round is sixty second review. One of us is going to do it. Who who hit and what's the, oh one star squadron number one from <laughs> DC Comics written by uh, Noel's favorite writer uh, Mark Russell and I'm waiting for it to keep scrolling. Art by Steve Lieber. <laughs> um, but I think Brian's going to do the Thunder Round. Thunder Round. Noel, do you have the 60-second oh. clock? Maybe. One second. <laughs> Brian, are you ready? I am ready, yes. Noel, are you ready? I will be. And go. 
Uh, this is pretty good. I like this art and art style. It has a, um, not exactly cartoony, but not as realistic as some. Um, yeah, it, it was fine. There, it's like an offbeat, is this in continuity kind of book. Red Tornado's in it, that's cool. I recognize most of the One Star Squadron. Um, and uh, Power Girl seems a little out of character. We'll see what happens. Um, there, oh, and uh, Gangbusters in it, Jose Delgado. And I was like, ah, oh, that's cool, Jose Delgado from the 90s. Um, Mark Russell usually has some sort of commentary up his sleeve, and I imagine he's going to do it with this one. Nothing grabbed me that much about it, um, but hmm, the art was really good. It was cool. End of round. <laughs> I don't. I, should I read it? I don't know. It depends on if you're in the mood for this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you want, like, kind of a... This isn't really a superhero story. This is, like, a Justice League International, you know, or uh, a um, kind of fun, funny story with superheroes. Uh, yeah, read it then. All right, we're going to have dueling thunder rounds. Uh, Here we go. It's Noel's turn Yeah. to do a thunder round thunder of round. the same book. Here we go. Do you, have, do you have his 60 seconds? Oh, I'm doing it? Oh, I'm, you said here we go, so I thought you were I was on just it. Just amped up for it. Hang on a second. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, here we. All right. All right, Noel, and go. You're out, Noel. <laughs> Maybe we should start the round. <laughs> I don't know. Did you? I guess he can't. On? Is he having? I guess he's having trouble, but refuses to uh, communicate no. that to us. Oh no. I thought you tried to make him the only person on screen, no. and you and you actually. No, he's doing out. something where he's just leaving the. He's in the. He's in the background there, but he. That's interesting. Isn't? Oh, private chat. Hold on. Whoop, I can't is. hear anything. Says Noel. There oh. it is. Well, he doesn't need to hear for a thunder round. Thunder round. Thunder round. All right, well, heck with that guy. Uh, let's see. While he's working on his stuff, Batman number one hundred and eighteen from DC Comics, written by Joshua yeah. Williamson, the new team of Joshua Williamson and Jorge Molina. New, oh, there it is. New creative team. Start of a new story arc as Batman leaves Gotham. As Gotham celebrates surviving fear state, Batman retreats alone into the darkness. But when he learns of a mystery involving Batman Incorporated, it forces the caped crusader to leave Gotham for a brand new adventure. Thrills, chills, and international intrigue await! Exclamation point. I haven't read... An issue of Batman in a, in quite a while. Hmm. Um, I I remember being one of the people who enjoyed the previous run by James Tynan. Yeah, but um, did you read this one? This issue? I I did read this issue. Oh great! Um, <laughs> and uh, I I wasn't excited about it because it's Josh. No, was it Joshua Williamson? Yeah. Yeah. Joshua Williamson. I did not care for his Flash run. I feel like I just read something by him the other day, and I was like, ugh. I don't remember what it was. What was it, Noel? Um, not Flash, not Robin. Um, oh, did, were we talking about Infinite Frontier? Oh, Incarnate. You you tried. It to was read Justice Incarnate. League Incarnate. Ugh, bleh. I was like, maybe I just don't like Joshua Williamson. However, 
I quite enjoyed this issue. Hmm. I like this a lot. Jorge Molina's artwork is awesome. Uh, he is a very good replacement or continuation from Jorge Jimenez. Very different style. Uh, less flashy, I would think. But uh, very, very good. And uh, I like this a lot. I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, Batman doing what Batman does. All of Gotham is celebrating. Everyone's going out drinking and hooting and hollering and partying. And Batman's like, mm, I'm going to be sad somewhere. And um, and we get, we're, I, people who uh, were reading Batman 15 years ago when Grant Morrison was writing it will remember the Batman uh, Incorporated, which mm -hmm. was a Batman-funded bat exercise of uh, different international Batman. Mm -hmm. And he was kind of help funding them. Uh, the reveal here is that they are still being funded, were still being funded by Lex Luthor. However, they all teamed up from all what the, the, the evidence shows the, to murder a villain. Um, so, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed this. What did you think, Brian? Oh, I enjoyed it as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was really cool. It was very solid Batman. Um, it was really just straightforward, uh, Bruce Wayne and the cowl as Batman's got to do some Batman stuff. Um, I, I, in the very beginning of the, I guess the first half of it, you see him in Gotham, like you're talking about and the fireworks going up and everything. And you get that first reveal of him, uh, with the fireworks in behind him. It is a great splash page. I think it's like one page after what you've got on screen now. Um, that one. It's a great page. And I was like, oh, cool. They're having him back in just like the straight up classic costume. Um, you know, it's really this or this with blue instead of black are my two main Batman costumes. Um, do you like the, the gray bat or the black bat on the gray background? Or do you like the blue, the, the bat yellow you know, oval? You know, I think I like the bat on the gray background. Okay, cool. Um, just curious. Yeah. I... I always liked it when you remember when the yellow oval was the was the thing of the time mm -hmm. and they would do flashbacks of him and that was how they would denote it was early in his career yep. was he just had that and I always liked seeing it then I like the the yellow oval and that's definitely like um you know the Denny O'Neill Neil Adams run is some formative Batman stuff for me um and all of my formative Batman exposure had that yellow oval. So it it's still very cool. But when they switched back to this in like the early 2000s um, in the Batman 10 cent adventure. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, I, at that time I was like, cool, really cool. <laughs> that they are going back to this. Um, yeah. So I'm into that. How about you? Uh, uh, I had the same experience. I was yeah. happy with the yellow oval, but then they did that change back to it, and I was like, "Ooh, that's yeah. nasty." I like it's that good. a lot. Yeah. Um, now, now I like. I think I like both, depending yeah. on the time period. Yeah. Um, I have a question uh, because I was not catching up. I was not keeping up with this book. Mm -hmm. There is a little montage that says, "Like, ah, Bruce, you've been going through a lot of stuff recently." Uh, mm -hmm. And they show, I think, uh, his time with the Bendis Justice League, I think, is there. Um, what's happening? Who's the guy with his hand on Bruce's shoulder? I don't know. I, maybe it's Todd. I don't know. <clears throat> Where is this? Oh, 
Yeah. Well, oh, with the domino mask. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know who that. What is, is. that? I think, I think maybe it's Jason Todd, but I don't know. It's weird. Like a Batman costume with red eyes and a domino mask is not anything that I have seen I, anywhere I, else. I, I feel like I, I I rolled past this that because I I yeah. also paused on it. Like, what am I? You know what? Fuck yeah. It. Yeah. And I actually just kept going. Like. Yeah, because Batman's got 55 books on the shelves, and this could right. be a yeah. reference to any of them. I, right. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I like the I, idea of him being, because they're doing some other stuff with Batman and Gotham. Um, I think this is a cool thing to have him do. Like, there's a mystery in Europe, and he's got to go do mm-hmm. something with that for a while and figure out what's going on with the old Batman Incorporated guys. Uh, speaking of the montages, I really liked when Barbara Gordon... It says something like, you know, don't you ever celebrate or whatever. And there's like a, a flashbacks to him and Dick in the in the Wayne Manor, him and yeah. Superman. Him, you know, it's cool. Him happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I There's two things I want to mention about this book. One, um, during the, the whole like middle action sequence where he's fighting all the villains that are dressed up as villains or yeah. stuff. Yeah. They all look so spot on the actual villains that I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah, yeah. Make the, the Joker I, look like a dude dressed up like the Joker, not four Jokers. Agreed. I kind of thought and he I, was. I hated that. I wasn't sure. That's who, just like, it. Are they villains that infiltrated this high society villain party? No, it's thugs that dressed up like villains to uh, infiltrate the like uh, all of these dudes. Yeah, he was being led were by just, Firebug or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah, this is all you know, sea stringers that have amazing cosplay skills, I guess. And just like elongated. Mm, that's their where jaws. they really excel. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like I lost. Uh, um, what's the like uh, disbelief? That was yeah, my threshold. No. Yeah. That, my yeah. threshold for suspension was just like right yeah. there. Just like get over this. However, mm. I will say like the last, I don't know, 50 issues of Batman, mostly Tynan's run but also the end of of King's run has been Bruce Wayne slash Batman on their back heel and just reacting the the thing gets taken over this Gotham City gets taken over again this is happening Mm -hmm. this is happening this is happening it's just this guy reacting 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 this was a mystery Mm -hmm. and it was infinitely more interesting in just one issue he's on the case there is just a yeah. a his allies seemed to have murdered someone and he even agrees that's what the evidence says. And now you throw a, a Superman villain in there and it's like, oh, this is now fascinating as opposed to another fucking villain taking over Gotham City, which has happened five times in the last three years. Yeah. So like which- I'm in. Which I, I kind of appreciated that they were building that towards, or at least retroactively making it seem like it was being built towards Fear State. Yeah, um, I didn't. Did you finish Fear State? Because no, no, we read it, um, and it was basically the they author. reference all of those things that happened to Gotham and how it yeah. has primed the uh, populace of Gotham for the Fear State, um, and that's sort of how we got there. I, which, which I thought I was neat. They, I hope they stuck the landing then because yeah, I I remember. Yeah. We thought it was like, Hey, at least they're using this trope as a story point, but I have no idea if it was successful or not. Yeah. So it's off to a good start. I like it. And I I think it's pretty cool. That's a handsome Lex. Yeah. That's a, it's a nice looking Lex in uh, (laughs) almost the same 
uh, colors that Kingpin is wearing in Devil's Reign. While that's Kingpin funny, is running that's Mark Strong Esprit. right there. Yeah. yeah, it looks like Mark Strong. Um, I Sinestro. think I think yeah. Jorge Jimenez is coming back. Okay. Uh, just in general, I, like all of these artists are amazing. Um, also, too, they made such a big deal about designing this new character of Abyss, and he's the like a first appearance. Motherfucker yeah. gets murdered. That's the whole point of this story is that he's yeah. dead. Yeah. And Maybe I was we'll like, see more cool. flashbacks. no, no, no. I want him to stay dead. I, I well, I mean, yeah. flashbacks, but I want like, I think that that's the coolest, slickest <laughs> troll of like, hey, guys, get this first issue, first appearance of Abyss. <laughs> and it's his dead body. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that looks like, like yeah. a Jorge Jimenez. That looks like it another is. Jorge Jimenez design. Hmm. Yeah, it's this is like a this is like a um uh, a mashup between Ghostmaker and Miracle Molly and Punchline. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like merged yeah, together. Ghostmaker seems to have been uh, shown the door, right? And or yeah, ushered off the board. That's yeah. one scene. Uh, apparently, in like the uh, the end of Tynan's run, there's like a there's like an annual, and it has to do with Ghostmaker and Clown Hunter, yeah. kind of like going off together to cool. be yeah. better. Vigilantes somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. And because because he's not necessary for this, what seems to be mm-hmm. a fish out of water ish Batman. You know, because whenever Batman travels, there's it's a that's a fun trope of a Batman story, right? When he has to leave Gotham for some reason, mm-hmm. and it's usually just like Batman in a strange place, or maybe Robin is there. You know. Yeah, and I think I I, I think I remember reading too that they're going to keep him out of Gotham for a while, which I'm I'm yeah. super down with. Well, like just, I had oh I had God. read that he was going to be wait, maybe it's, no, it's I am Batman. Batman's going to New York. Yes, Batman is. takes yeah. Manhattan. Yeah, Jace Jace Fox <laughs> is is moving to New York, which yeah. is strange because I thought that's why they were having Bruce Wayne leave Gotham. No, yeah. I I'm yeah. I'm and well, and then and then you've got um uh Dick is exclusively intentionally staying in Bloodhaven because he's doing all his philanthropy. Hmm. So uh, that's cool. I mean, leave Gotham to to the babies. Who knows? (laughs) I'm sure, you know, there's there's 4,000 books. I'm sure there's going to be somebody patrolling Gotham. Jason Todd will take care of it. Yeah, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, both Batgirls, Oracle, Signal, yeah. Others, like, yeah. there's 45 characters. Maybe there's even Harvey Dent sometimes. Or uh, Clayface <laughs> on occasion. Why not? Um, Batwoman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Batgirl. Oh, Star Wars Crimson Reign. Star Wars Crimson. <laughs> We're not going to just keep naming Batman characters. Star Wars Crimson Reign number one, written by her from Killer Marvel Croc. Comics, written by Charles Soule with art by Steve Cummings after the dawn comes the rain the story that began with war of the bounty hunters continues here in the second installment of a trilogy that will reshape the history of the star wars galaxy during the age of rebellion featuring the return of beloved character shocking twist episodes of the force and a story that will reach from star wars darkest underworld all the way to the imperial palace on coruscant crimson rain is a star wars saga like no other um i like Charles Soule's Star Wars, I, I like it. Um, it's a uh, th- this issue, however, felt a little homeworky. Mm. Um, there was a there was a lot of text. There was a lot of exposition, a lot of a lot of planning, right? A lot of a lot of things going on. But 
And as I was reading it, I was going, boy, this is a lot. Especially because I was under the gun trying to read it before the show. I was like, oh, boy, this is still going. Jeez, okay. Um, but now that, it, now that I've read the issue, I'm like, oh, I like that. The further the, I, I'm a little, I've given a little distance, and I'm like, oh, I actually like that. I'm curious to see where this is going. I like that Kira is back. That's like about soul. Uh, there are Star Wars films that the comment sections of the internet complain about ad nauseum. And one of them is Solo, uh, and he is featuring very heavily Kira, who is from the Solo film. And I was very excited to see her. Uh, the, the Knights of Ren are in here, which I'm excited about, learning more about them. Uh, he's doing things with the comic book series that I want the comic book series to do. Is the, the whole purpose of the series for me, uh, the comic books, is to answer the questions, delve into the characters a little bit more that we only maybe see here or there in the films, um, and um, give me more experience with them. So it's doing what I want. And um, like I said, this first issue is a bit of a hump to get over. But now that I'm over it, I'm looking forward to the rest of the series. Curious to see where it's headed. Um, yeah. What did you think? No. Uh, I agree with you. Like, um, I I did read War of the Bounty Hunters. First of all, I also read the first, I don't know, 10 issues of his Star Wars run. Um, and yeah, he just writes these characters in such a breezy fashion that it's like, uh, it's like, uh, falling off, like, you, like bleeding from issue to issue, just like falling downhill of just enjoying these stories before you know it, you're on issue like 15. Yeah. Um, it, like I, I love how he handles these characters. Um, war of the bounty hunters was fine. It, mm -hmm. it was entered, it was enjoyable, but it felt like a extended side quest. That's exactly then, it. When I try to then, tell customers yeah. about it, it's a little difficult. It's like, uh, so you know that uh, Han Solo winds up in Carbonite at Jabba's palace. Well, hijinks happen on the way there, and Bo Bet him, and he had to go get him, and everyone was trying yeah. to get Han Solo. <laughs> like, oh. Just, just a, 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 it was an extended side quest. And yeah. when they revealed this piece of it, that like it was going to move into this series, and Kira is, was a part of it, and she was reintroduced to this world, um, I was like, great, another side quest. And you, all of these stories, all of these like in-between stories that the Marvel uh, Universe is doing, it's in canon, but they fall between the movies. So we know how it's going to end. We know that Kira hasn't shown up. So at the beginning of this, it was like, oh, cool, it's going to be like another enjoyable side quest. But then they do all of this legwork and introduce all of these extra groups and kind of put her plan in place of having all of these factions who hate each other working towards one goal and then they cap it all with that final page of oh this is a tragedy she doesn't win yeah i was like awesome 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 you're not trying to talk down to me you're trying to just like like the the book completely turned for me in that moment where they acknowledge that we know you know how this is going to go so yeah. just enjoy the ride and i was just that was awesome which is something that war of the bounty hunters didn't have yeah yeah i like i liked this a lot a lot good but yeah it was uh, it was it was heavy it was very heavy learning 
so many different names of so many different Star Wars groups that most of them I never heard of. And then having to remember in my head, like, oh, wait, which one was in charge of getting which group to do yeah. what to murder that? To Like, it was just this is essentially just an overly complicated mafia run. So, like, you've got yeah. a couple of different houses trying to unsettle the biggest house. And then they've, they've all just agreed to fight over the scraps after they take down the biggest guy. That's all this is. And it's cool. It's enjoyable. I oh, like it. Yeah, that's that's an important thing to note is that the Crimson Dawn. Dawn, Dawn. the Crimson Dawn, thank you. The Crimson Dawn, uh, her Kira's in charge of it now. Darth Maul was in charge of it at the end of Solo. That has changed and Kira's in charge. And um, her thing is this uh, F the Sith. Like I've I've brought you all here, all of these different factions, these gangs basically. Um, because you're all aware of the Sith and the Sith being in charge of everything and just screwing all of us over and over and over again. So let's take down the Sith. Let's take down Palpatine, old Palpy. Um, which, by the way, side note, not a great drawing of Palpy. No. The Darth Vader likeness is spot on, though. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> that does not look like Palpatine. Um, but... Um, yeah, yeah, I, th I thought that was kind of cool too. Um, I did have a question um, where we're dealing with the. Ah, is about the name of that group? Yes. Go ahead, yes. Brian. Go ahead. I had the same question. I had, I had two major questions during this, and that was one of them. They say, uh, whoever the leader of this group called, he says, You know how I called our group the Orphans? It's not just to sound tough. And. Uh, uh, the droid says we're all actually orphans yeah. right you know that's the deal and then the next two lines later she says uh oh yeah, right it's we're all orphans a little bit later the droid then says but shouldn't the team be simply named the orphans which to all appearances is their name yeah <laughs> and they do not at any point i'm like i went back to look like is there an epithet to it, or is it same, like, same. yeah, like <laughs> the orphans except one of us is their name or something. The, the raging orphans, nothing. And I wonder if that was changed if yeah. from one draft of the script to the next. Yeah, definitely. I can see it. You know, how I called our group, the orphans. It's not just to sound tough and then cut to the next page query related based on the information. Our team should be named simply the orphans. Like, Motherfucker, yeah. that's what the name is. Yeah. What are you, what? Are you not listening to my expository yeah. soliloquy? There are, times, <laughs> there, are, there are times when I'm reading comics. This happens This happens very frequently where um, there is a tonal joke or a wordplay joke that doesn't wow. land at all. So I've almost trained myself to usually read past them if like, like oh, they meant something and I don't care for the inflection right now. And that just kind of like, I just rolled right past that because I also noted it too. Like, aren't they called like even the even the issues called the orphan? You know what? Whatever. And I just kept going because, yeah, that's rough. It was a rough yeah. joke. It was supposed to be a comedic beat. The droid not understanding context or not hmm. gathering context immediately, and it just it just landed like a lead balloon. Well, what's the joke though? Because her response is isn't. I even don't know. Her no, response think, is, or we mistake. keep it how it is, Lady Bright, because I'm the boss. Yeah, I think, I think it was. I think it's a typo. 
Yeah, like their their title is or mm. at one time was originally I, something. With I'm going to tweet at Charles. So I'm going to ask. In, in the moment, I was just like, "Must not get it." Fine, yeah. and I just plowed on. Yeah, um, but I did. Like I did other, like earmark it. Like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just usually assume it's something like that. Something like, no, it doesn't make sense. There is some some error has been made or some type or something were they you know. now was it were they calling themselves orphans because they make orphans and that the joke is or the the comment is well then let's call ourselves the orphans but the droid means it in the new context not the assumed context so. oh maybe i don't think so is it you know how i called our group the orphans is like the intro to that yeah it's not just to sound tough yeah the, did she say the or orphans? The orphans. Not, the, the orphans. Yeah. And he says, can we not simply be called the orphans? Uh, I want to tweet him. I'm going to tweet him. I want to see if he responds. Nice. Um, um, I had another question yeah. about it uh, before yeah. we get into my thoughts on the book in general. There's this scene where I think it's the Knights of Ren are on a ship and the guy with the lightsaber is fighting the person with the like billy clubs with red energy coming out of them and they're fighting but i guess they're on the same team they're sparring they're just like sparring with each other they're yeah sparring. yes that took That's me a little while to figure out yeah oh is that is ren a guy and they're the knights of ren yeah, that's sure. The, that's the deal with them. Oh, okay. Well, the Ren, the Ren is the blade. Um, so basically, they uh, worship. Um, and so when they call, they say, um, uh, "What does she say?" Or what does Ren say? He says something about uh, for someone who can't touch the shadow, she's an impressive woman. So what he's referring yeah. to there is Kira does is not force sensitive. She cannot use the force. Yeah, so what, what they 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 have that they they call it touching the shadow. Yeah. Um, and Ren, I believe, is the name of the the lightsaber, the red lightsaber. Um, oh, so yeah, they they are the Knights of Ren, and they all sort of like worship at the altar of the the lightsaber and the Force. But they're not so the, Sith. The Knights of Ren were around then, and the Sith were like, there can only be two Sith. Yes, but it's okay for other dark there were, side yeah, there were, wielders to be around using lightsabers. It, it, the the same on the other side too. Like there there are many 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 force sensitive individuals that can do things throughout the entire galaxy. Not all of yeah. them are Jedi. Same thing with the with the Sith or yeah, with the but dark the side. Jedi don't enforce a hard and fast two only and will slaughter you otherwise rule. And he's well, there running around with a lightsaber. You know, I mean it's it's a relatively big galaxy. I, I presume true. it's Maybe a whole like galaxy rules. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and also too, like I I I don't know. Like I can I can. Uh, I don't know. Say grace before dinner, but not be a Catholic. And I, I don't know. Like I just assumed it was kind of like a. Well, yeah. I figured they're out there slaughtering all of the Jedi. You would think they'd just slaughter all other Force users that they could find, but maybe they're like, "Yeah, these guys are evil too. <laughs> they can stick around." Um. So the the book itself. Uh, I'll tell you, right before we got to the opening credits page and they said Vader and Palpatine are bad and we got to go kill him, I was like, well, I know that doesn't happen. I don't care about this at all. <laughs> um, and 
I did get to care about it a little bit more through the actual, you know, the course of the book. But yeah, I'm like, eh, I'm not usually a big fan of prequel stories anyway. The Star Wars prequels, I didn't, I was like, yeah, we know what happens. Like, who, why am I watching this? Um, I mean, I still, I still enjoyed them at the time. But um, prequels, I think, are just inherently less interesting unless it's just a story that is set earlier in that timeline. But, um, you know, I can't think of any prequel story that is, that is in, in the same caliber as, like, the original, you know? Um, there might be one out there, but, like, I can't think of anything. And not to say, like, a story set early in Superman's timeline. That's a little different, that Superman is, like, an ongoing character. Um, but, yeah, I usually find the, uh, the interest is taken out of it for me. Um, but I thought her maneuvering was pretty cool. The, like, hey, we're going to turn them all against each other, all these syndicates. The huts know it's not happening, but the other ones don't. And yeah, I thought that that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I you know Star Wars, and I think I've talked to you guys about this too. Like, I don't usually go down a level in reality, right? Like, I love a movie based on a comic, but I rarely will read a comic based on a movie. You know, any level, of, right? You know, live action down to. Uh, on the page, it just doesn't seem like it's in the same... They can say it's in continuity all they want. It just doesn't feel like it. It doesn't seem like it is in continuity. Um, and you know Yoda, like, well, they don't meet up with him. Or maybe they do, but probably not. So, yeah. So, uh, Dan H. asks, do I need to read War of the Bounty Hunters before this? I don't think so. I didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so either. Fine, yeah. You, I, I I messaged back. You don't need to. It does take place directly before this, and I mean like yeah, it does lead into this. It. Yeah. The very last scene of War of the Bounty Hunters is all of them of Crimson Dawn standing in the throne room, which is the very first scene of oh. this book. I mean, the first real time scene. There's a there's a flashback intro, but yeah, it it That's directly kind of is connected. That, like, what's that cave all about? We probably won't get too much about what that cave is all about. I think it's just a framing device. But uh, Well, like, the, the um, what are they called again? The cron- the holocrons? Holocron, Holocron? Yeah. Usually only able to, like, um, you know, they're, y- you have to be a Jedi or a Sith in order to open one. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, coded to the style of Force use. But this one explicitly is, like, I don't care. Oh, right. You're able to open it if you're force sensitive. So maybe that is part of the story too. Like how long ago is this and who is opening that hmm. holocron? Hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Man, I always thought some, something should have been done or would it would have been more interesting uh, to do something with like the nature of the force and dark and light is not necessarily the right way to look at it for the sequels. They didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Bye. We're done. I got to do my orders before midnight. <laughs> it's 11.20 p.m. I got a GTO, my friends. This was awesome. Uh, come join us for Batman Returns at the Colonial Theater this Saturday night at 9.45 p.m. Um, where I'll be selling posters and stickers and T-shirts. And, uh, yeah, come to the shop. Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex. Join us for book club and movie club and... I don't know. Join us back here again on Monday where we will do this all over again. Uh, He was so perfect as the penguin.
<laughs> God damn it. That was awesome. I feel like I feel like Monday we're uh, we're probably not going to talk about comics too much. It's going to be We're going to talk uh, about Spider-Man. Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> Spoilerific <laughs> um conversation. Yeah, so yes. gar- gird your loins or pause <laughs> us for that day. We'll we'll yeah. work it out. All right. Uh, don't forget to bring your loins. That's that's really the only part of you we need. Girded. So you can gird them. Gird them hard. Just gird them. Yeah. Um, okay, bye. Love you. Let's see. End broadcast. End. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.